What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey episode number 106 presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am super duper pumped that it is 80 degrees outside. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller and he's getting super duper pumped for NHL, NBA playoffs, baseball, regular season. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing great. I wish your bucket hat is, uh, was able to be busted out today. Oh yeah, look at that. What a hat. Is that one of your favorite hats that you own? It's my favorite non it's my favorite non like baseball style hat for sure, yeah. without question. And I would probably say yes, it is on my Mount Rushmore of hats in general, including the one that's also on my head. The Devil's Snapback, 100%. 100%. I got a White Sox hat that I would consider on my Mount Rushmore, and then I would say the Devil's Draft hat from 2017. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, Tom, my number one favorite person. Um, yeah, you know what chat I'm talking about, the Devil's yeah. Draft hat. And the Minnesota Wild one from 2017 mm-hmm. um, just misses the cut because that's basically the same hat as the Devil's Accepted Screen. Have you gotten a draft hat every year? I've gotten a draft hat for every number one pick. So Hughes and Heischer. And then I got one when they took Mr. Luke. Okay. So I have Luke, Nico, and Jack's draft hat. And I think that's a pretty cool trio because oh, yeah. I should have I, I should have got Nemiches because he was a number two overall pick. I do think he's going to be a core piece of the team, you know, throughout this next run. But maybe I'll go back and get that one. They don't have a first round pick this year. So I would actually probably be more likely to get a Blackhawks draft hat this year. Yeah, depending on the design. Which we're going to get to freaking. Oh, if they won the lottery, I wouldn't care if it's the ugliest, sad sack of shit in the world. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like I, that, that, that to me doesn't matter. If I'm buying the draft hat, it's because of the reason. Yeah. Um. Except in 2017, if I could have had all 30 teams, 31, I guess at the time, um, I would have had, um, that every single one from 2017. Literally every team hit that year. Uh, I think, I think our uncle Fred has the Leafs one. You have a Vegas one and a Hawks one. Yeah. JP Joey Parisi has a Bruins one. I believe Dylan has a Philly one too. He does. So I've seen a bunch of them in person. I own the Wild and the Devils. I, I think they're at they're not here right now, but I have them. So All the city loves the shades. They're staying on the entire episode. It's summer, baby, Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> Frank, That's we have up. a lot to talk about in this show. This is probably the most excited I've been for a show. And I'm actually I have an idea. I want to do something for Monday to like put our bar down talking hockey playoff predictions out there because there will be a couple games in next show. Mm-hmm. I think every team will have played one playoff game when we get to our next show. So, cause they start Monday. Not every team will play Monday. The ones that don't Monday. Going. Well, we, that's already started. 
Oh, okay. Oh, me and JP already have that figured out. The texts are ready to be sent. We even did a trial. We're doing a trial between me and him for the text messages. Oh, the bracket's set. And we'll put it – everyone who watches Bar Down is welcome to join the bracket. All you got to do is hit me up. If you have my number, text me. If you're on Twitter, send me a DM. You want to play in this bracket? There's a lot of money that's going to be coming into this thing. It's going to be a good time. So we want all the fans in as well. Um, Joey said – Second place, if you people who award third place are losers. Um, second place, though, they get their money back plus 20, so you double your money, and then the rest goes to first place. And I think that's the way it should be. You throw the first loser, second place, a little bone, whatever it could be $900 to $40. I don't care. Like we agreed on that, and I think you probably do too. You're you're a gambling man. Yeah, I, I like to more to award more of a, a first place prize. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, anybody who wants in on that, you know how to find me. I know we got a couple people in the chat that will be uh, certainly interested in that. Um, I'm excited to see who people pick too. Which again, I'm I'm gonna find a way. I'm gonna probably talk to Aldo about this. See if you're available on Monday. But I want to get something out there where we go through each series and preview slash predict each one. Um, my idea was to have a special episode, like an hour episode of Bar Down on Monday and just run a two-week, a two-show week for the first time ever. That's something I really want to do either on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday um, before the games get going. But, you know, we'll we'll get logistics to that. Even if I do it by myself, I'm yes. thinking about it. Um, I'm not worried about it. Frank. We are going to get going on this show, though, in period number one. Welcome to period number one, where Frank and I are going to get all things hockey started by talking about some youngsters. I'm proud of you that you sent it to period one. Hey, buddy. I'm proud of you. That's all I got to say. You forgot last week. Yeah, but that was a uh, that was a little bit of a dig. Right, like you're making fun of me because when we have a guest on, I've only done it with high profile guests. Okay, you get a little nervous, the palms get sweaty. You don't want to send it over to period one. I really don't get nervous. I get, I like, trust me, there's not a single human being in the world I'm afraid to talk to. I, like any president, left or right, I'll interview them. Like, I'm not, I'm not scared of people, they bleed red just like me, they're all ending up six feet under just like me. I like I honestly believe that about life. Now the thing is, when they're high-profile guests, I do believe certain people deserve a little bit extra ounce of respect in terms of how they're treated in the interview process. Bobby Ryan is one of those people. I didn't want to mess anything up. Very, very um, cautious about how I handled the beginning of that. But I forgot to send it to period one. Shame on me. Well, you rebounded. <laughs> Always a little dig. Frank, college hockey. Yeah. Our friend John Bucci-Gross, who's a former guest on this show, I believe we will get him on again. Um, Aldo says, palms get sweaty, mom spaghetti, he's nervous. Lose yourself in the music, the moment you own it. I kind of look like Eminem yeah, right now. Let it, let it go. I don't look like Eminem. Is that the most popular song in the world? In the world? Yeah, no, it's not. No. That sounded dumb after it came out. Of my... It's up there. In the and... world? No, okay, in the U.S. Most people have heard that song. 
Yeah. What what song rivals it in popularity? I don't know, but it probably is not even top ten in the world. No, no, it's not. And rivaling it in terms of popularity, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah. Um, I would say Bobby, we are the champions too. We are the champions. There are a couple Queen songs, maybe because we are the champions and we will rock you. Are the same song. Um. There's another. Oh, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. I would yeah. say is definitely in the conversation. Um, there are a couple good ones. Absolutely. Couple. I'd have to really think about it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, baby by Justin Bieber. Baby, <laughs> baby, baby. Ah. Um, college hockey got finished, Frank. We watched the game together. We were watching a bunch of hockey that night. Everything. It was a huge, it was a huge sports night for us on Saturday night celebrating Joey Parisi's 26th birthday. Quinnipiac stunned Minnesota. What'd you think? That was unbelievable. I mean, we were kind of watching it in the background, glancing back and forth. At one point, we looked. Minnesota's up 2-1. to one. I'm like, uh-oh. Is this going to be what I thought? Minnesota's just going to end up pulling away. I believe it was 1-1. One, one. At least you said you thought Quinnipiac tied it at 1-1. One, one. I don't think it was 2-0. Oh. No, no, no. It was 1-1 one, yeah. one and then 2-1, yeah. And then 2-1, Minnesota. And then I don't know who tied it to be honest with you, but I know it happened with the goalie pulled. Quinnipiac pulls the goalie, ties it with the goalie pulled. It goes to overtime. Um, in overtime, none other. Sam Lipkin makes a beautiful play to Jack, or no, not Jack, Jacob Keelan, and ends the game 10 seconds into overtime. That had to be like the most hyped up game. You got the national championship going to overtime, and then it's like, loses the hype because it ends in 10 seconds but the fact that it was Quinnipiac that ended it in 10 seconds made it even more cool i'm happy for them um you know that play that led to the overtime goal they practiced that like over a hundred times they said in practice and it worked twice in the national championship which i thought was just cool because everything you run in practice doesn't always translate into a game and the fact that they won it off something that they've trained for and practiced i just i thought that made that moment even more special and they defeated a team that was filled with you know nhl prospects so good for them it was their first ever in uh program history so I mean, they really had to overcome some odds. They played a very good team in Minnesota. Quinnipiac won its first national championship in any sport. In any sport. I'm so happy for that university. Uh, they got very close, you might remember, a couple years ago. I want to say... It was 20... Well, they made it in 2013 and 16, right? It's 16 that I'm thinking of because I was definitely in college because I had a buddy that went to school with me and his name was Quinn and he was rooting for them because they were Quinnipiac and which I always remember I had biology with them. Remember the the sleepy biology teacher we had at ECC? It was that class. Sleepy. You biology. had him. You had him. He was the older guy. You had him. No, not biology. Geology. Was, uh, geology. Yeah. I was geology. like, I didn't take biology. Geology. Geology, it was the sleepy yeah. geology teacher. It was that yeah. class. And I sat with with a hockey bro. His name was Quinn. And he was rooting for them because they were Quinn to Piac. And yeah. I was rooting against them because they were playing against North Dakota, who's probably my favorite college hockey team. I have a bunch of favorite college hockey teams. But North Dakota is up there for me. But Quinnipiac is now because before we started watching hockey, even Quinnipiac was a stinky, stinky uh, hockey program. Nasty. 
PU. And then they built this new facility and started getting a, you know, a little bit more notoriety. And then some NHL caliber guys started to show up, even if they were like, get PTO and the AHL type guys, like the goalie signed a PTO with the Utica Comets. He's in the devil's organization now. Unbelievable. I'm so happy for this Quinnipiac team. They, they have, this has been coming for Quinnipiac for years and they got in the dance. They pulled off a couple upsets yesterday or throughout the tournament. And then they beat Michigan. They beat the big dog in the ten seconds. Michigan yeah. didn't even have or not Michigan. Minnesota didn't have a chance to get going in overtime. No, no. But even in the round before against Michigan, when you got Luke Hughes and Adam yeah. Fantilli, who we're gonna get to here in a second, they have been upset city. They only have two already drafted NHL players on their team. Everybody else is either trying to get drafted or going to sign yeah. a PTO with an AHL team or sign a PTO with an NHL team come the fall. Uh, I think August 15th is the day that guys who were undrafted could sign deals with the uh, NHL teams as college free agents. I think is the day, like you might remember, like Adam Fox left Harvard after his senior year. And when you leave after your senior year, if you're not signed with the team that drafted you, you become a college free agent. Um, and then you could sign with any team. That's how Fox became a Ranger. Um, or no, Fox might've been traded to the Rangers because the Carolina Hurricanes knew that he was going to do that if they didn't. So like, like Will Butcher, Will Butcher left Denver and that's, uh, that's how the Devils ended up getting him because he didn't want to go play for the Avalanche. He went to the Devils, probably should have went to the Avalanche during that time, but you know, it is what – oh, Kerfoot left the Devils to go to the Avalanche because mm-hmm. um, the Devils never got him signed. So that's how it goes. I'm super happy for Quinnipiac. You know, you also mentioned that it's their first national championship in sports. Their only chance of winning it comes in hockey. They're never going to win March Madness. They don't have the school where they get transfers and players that want to play at Quinnipiac. It's just never going to happen. And as far as football goes, they're never going to win a national championship in football. Do they even have a football program that's like I'm part sure. of like D one? No, I'm sure. Or are they in like a side program? They might be D two, but they also might be the type of D one that like Illinois State is, yeah. where it's like the lower end of D one. It's not even in the it's not even in the group of five. Like there's power five, yeah. group of five, and then there's another group of D1. And yeah. that's where like the big sky and all them fall in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I disagree on basketball. You think I they disagree. won a national championship? It might not happen in our lifetime. But the way they turned things around in hockey, that you would have said the same thing about hockey about them in 2008. There's no way they could be BU or Denver or Michigan, you know, any of these We're talking about a large bracket in March. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's definitely a little bit different, but, like, BU hasn't won in a 1,000 years now. I can't remember. When's the last time BU won? I know they got close with McAvoy. They got close with Eichel. Um, But, like, you build a facility. You you get a good coach. You you could turn any program around in college sports. Football is a little different because football – College football is more influenced by the pro league than any other college sport. Like there's the G League in the NBA. There's the there's multiple even different junior leagues in hockey. You know, college hockey's not the only thing feeding the NHL. You got the CHL, which has the WHL, QMJHL, and OHL all feeding the NHL. You got guys coming over from out of town. 
So, or from out of the country, I just think basketball is a little more, it's probably still unlikely in our lifetime. At least I get what you're saying. Um, what about yeah. baseball? I don't know. I don't follow it that much. I don't know anything about their program. Yeah. I mean, most people probably have never even heard of Quinnipiac. I don't know Can't even really name what works. state it's in. How does the college world series work? How many teams make it? I don't know. I mean, I watch it when it comes around. Yeah. You, you win. It's like anything else. You win your conference and then you compete in the tournament. But is it that big? Is there only like 16 teams? I don't know how many teams make it to the college world series. I don't know how many teams make it to the college world series. I know the sec dominates big 10 does. Okay. But the sec dominates um, college baseball, but it's the teams that all stink at football. Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt. There are a couple teams that are good at both. <clears throat> I guess Ole Miss is good at both Ole right Miss now. Excuse me. Terrible, yeah. I was um, going to say. I, I wanted Arch Manning to choose Ole Miss so bad. So bad. I used to pray. I used to get what on my hands and knees and pray. He choose, chose Texas. He's going to be a Longhorn. This year? But it, yeah, I think it is this year. And if he would have chose Ole Miss like his father – Archie, who's a wide receiver, and then Eli Manning went to Ole Miss. Uh, Peyton went to Tennessee. So I thought it was always between Clemson, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Texas, and he chose Texas. But I don't know. I just love college sports. Foster and Aldo are ripping on me in the chat for being a sports pusher. Not literally ripping on me, but I love – yeah, feed it all to me. I like, love sports, any sport. Absolutely. Frank, this hockey stuff – College, we're gonna get into the uh, the CHL in a couple seconds here. I literally watch everything. Me, dude, especially everything. hockey. Right, it's like crack. It is like crack. I'm sitting here itching for the playoffs. I'm like, oh my god, I, I literally cannot wait to watch there's, Toronto versus Tampa Bay. You have no idea how excited I am for probably not. I mean, there is, but there's probably like not a, almost a single sport that I've never even viewed once. Everything. Yeah. Um, Foster, I did pray for uh, – that is not a joke. I, I don't think I got on my knees, but I prayed for Arch Manning to choose Ole Miss. I did. I signed the cross. Heavenly Father, please let Arch Manning choose Ole Miss like his uncle and his father. Great success will come to him there. We want that program and those beautiful, beautiful uniforms that Ole Miss has to be in the college football playoff. They were so close without an elite quarterback this year. They're in the top conference, and he chose Texas, which Texas is going to be sick. Um, but, yeah, I love I love it all. Uh, Freaking USC, USC and UCLA, they have college hockey programs, and they're trying to become D1. Like, I want Illinois. Whichever Illinois team gets a D1 hockey program, I will become a stan right away, and I'll be a fan for life. I will be a diehard. Uh, it'll probably be U of I because I think they have the most money and resources to get it done. But, like, even if it was Northwestern. Or, and Notre Dame is close, but I, I can't claim Notre Dame because I would feel like too much of a bandwagoner at this point. And, you know, I like Notre Dame. I'm not a Notre Dame hater like some people, but I don't know. I, I really need Illinois to get a top team. But with UCLA and USC coming to the Big Ten in football, I would love to see that 
push their hockey program a little bit more too because they're going to be making hella more money than they were making being part of the Pac-12. It's going to take some time to get used to too. It is. Seeing UCLA and the Big Ten, it's going to mess with my brain a little bit. It's going to mess with my brain a little bit too. It's also going to mess, I think, with the programs at first Mm -hmm. because you know how like Dallas and hockey is sneaky close to nobody? Like Mm -hmm. their closest division rivals, like a four-hour plane flight away? That's what it's going to be like for USC and UCLA when they're not playing each other. You got these teams in Southern California, like traveling to Purdue and yeah, no, Illinois and Minnesota, Ohio It'll State. It'll take a while before rivalries build up. Yeah. I don't think you'll see them in the first year as much. But but every road game is a long flight. Imagine if they have to play like Maryland or like that. that's cross country. I wonder if the schedule makers will make it where they have like three consecutive road games nearby before they have to travel back home. For less travel, potentially. Yeah, and their rivalry week game will probably be each other. I don't know. I'm yeah. excited. You could you could probably look that up. Actually, I know your your non con or your out of con schedule is usually pretty set multiple years in advance, so you could see who they play early. I'm sure their non con schedule will be relatively Pacific friendly. Like they'll probably play UNLV and mm-hmm. you know a couple of these other big teams from you know close by, but. That's what talking about the Frozen Four can lead us to talking about is just college sports in general, eh? Yeah, for sure. A lot of Frozen Four kids signed in the NHL already. Brock oh, Faber yeah. with the Minnesota Wild after uh, literally a day after losing the championship game signs his contract with the team that drafted him, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Matthew Nyes, also on Minnesota, left Minnesota to sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs, had his first career NHL point last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it was a goal. He shot the puck, and it looked like it squeezed through Vasilevsky, and it was rolling towards the goal line. And there's a lot of debate whether or not Ryan O'Reilly stole Matthew Nyes' first career NHL goal from him, but I believe the puck stops on the goal line and gets cleared out if O'Reilly doesn't push it in. in. Yeah, you got to make sure it goes in. I agree, and – Nice has his first career point. Good on Ryan O'Reilly for doing that. I think it was the smart move, in my personal opinion. And then you got Luke Hughes, New Jersey Devils, made his debut last night after losing with Michigan. Um, Didn't play all that much, only had a couple shifts. but And they went 11-7, 11 forward, 7 defensemen to kind of ease him in. But I thought there were plays he made where he looked poised. And he, he seems to have like a calmness to him that I think will bode well for him at the NHL level. But, Frank, what's your reaction to some of these guys signing their uh, NHL contracts? Now, when you say Frozen Four, do you mean the whole tournament or just the Frozen Four? Like just the-, the Frozen Four. A lot of the guys who lost earlier okay. signed multiple weeks ago. Like okay. like freaking Northeastern's goalie, Devin Levi, they didn't even make the tournament. He signed with right, the Buffalo right. Sabres the next day. He's 5 Five two and zero. Oh, he lost to the Devils mm-hmm. yesterday, but like unbelievable. He was acquired by the Sabers in the Sam Reinhart trade. He was drafted by Florida. Now he's with the Sabers. Great stuff. What's your takeaway from these kids? I mean, these teams that you mentioned—Minnesota, Toronto, New Jersey—they're going to have a couple extra pieces for the postseason if they decide that they're going to play on the roster. I think Luke Hughes, um, Nyes, and Faber will all play. I mean, there's no reason for them not to. We saw how much of an impact that Nyes had in last night's game, getting a point. Um, I, I don't know how all the rules work. You said that they're allowed to play, so if they play, 
Um, yeah, that's going to help them a lot. I, also, I got a question for you. Do Does this happen every Frozen Four where a bunch of players will sign? Or is this like a special year in particular that more players are signing because like more players are better? Or No, it happens every year, every okay. single year. And it's different with four, uh, skaters than goaltenders. Camesso's not playing. Camesso no, will make no. his NHL debut. I'm excited that he signed. I'm oh, very excited. me too. I, I kind of left him for you to bring up. Oh, I was going the, when I was yeah. Not, yeah. And listen, you don't want to burn. It's okay to burn Luke Hughes or Matthew Nyes. I'm cool with burning their first year because they're finishing this year and those teams are making the playoffs. For a goalie, there's just no point to throw him on this nasty Blackhawks team. There's no. just absolutely no reason absolutely to. Not. Not with and you got three, three years of him on his entry level as opposed to – Luke, Nice, and uh, Faber, they all have three years too, but they're burning one of them right now. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for Drew Camesso. Man, he's going to be – he's going to look good in a Blackhawks uniform. I, I really believe he's uh, the goalie of the future, whether it's him or Soderblom, and whether you have a, a nice duo in the both of them and you see who does better if they split time. But it, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in next year. But imagine if the Hawks go in the draft lottery or even get Fantilli or Leo Carlson, and now you got Drew Camesso, uh, Connor Bedard, Frank Nazar, um, Kevin Korchinski, Lucas Reichel. I mean, we got a we got a young core coming together here, and I like what I'm seeing. The when I heard the news the other day, I was ecstatic because I've been on I've been high on Drew Camesso for a while now, but yeah, we won't see him till next year. So that'll be interesting. But for this year, we, I mean, we got some playoff teams getting young athletes, a little bit of experience. We don't know how well they'll do, but I'm excited. I'm excited. All these college guys coming to the NHL. Yeah, me too. It's a great it's a great um, thing to see because college, listen, I think whoever wins the Memorial Cup would bury Quinnipiac in a game. I do. I like I like the champion of the OHL and the Memorial Cup is the winner of the WHL playoffs, the winner of the QMJHL playoffs and the winner of the OHL playoffs. And then the host team play a tournament. Mm -hmm. And that's how you determine the Memorial Cup champion. Normally the host team stinks and they get destroyed. Um, I think the top seeded team plays them in the first round every now and then the host team will be a good team. But like, I don't know. I think the the CHL still has its advantages and they have an American draft and they draft all the college kids and hope that one of them will choose to go play for them instead of playing college hockey. But, and then there are Canadians that go play college like Kale McCarr, you know, so just certain people who are outliers and like to do different things. You got people like Austin Matthews who choose neither. And he goes and plays in Switzerland in his draft. You're like a weirdo. And he scores a thousand goals there playing against real like grown men, like 30 year olds. And, you know, we saw, we see what he does on a, he's having a tough year offensively. He's got 40 goals. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun watching uh, the college hockey season this year. I've gotten more into it than I ever have been. And I think I'm a diehard for life now. Like, you know, I'm all in on the top 10 lists every week and seeing who's doing good and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm pumped, and one of the players I'm most pumped about is Adam Fantilli. Frank, I'm sure you have some notes on Mr. Fantilli. Your eyes are on him. 
probably just as much as anyone as a Blackhawks fan. What do you like, dislike, anything about Adam Fantilli right now? Well, he did what we all thought he was going to do, and he won the Hobie Baker Award for being the best player in college hockey. Not surprised. By the way, Vin, you're frozen right now, but I could hear you. Hello? Oh, okay. well, hopefully I come back. Yeah, you're like, you're bugging in and out. You got some pretty bad connection. Um, I can't hear you, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Foster, I know, I know you're joking. I, I think that's hilarious, at least what you said. That, that's funny, but um, I love it, Foster. Um, don't ever think you're hurting my feelings for anything because I, I could take anything you throw my way. But anyway, yeah. Adam Fantilli is most likely to go second this year. Well, he is probably going to go second this year. And he kind of got the same vibe that Jack Eichel had in 2015, where, like, if it was any other draft year, Jack Eichel would have gone first overall. And he's getting screwed by another Connor this year. Jack Eichel got screwed by Connor McDavid. Adam Fantilli is going to get screwed by Connor Bedard. But, yeah, if it was any other year, He'd go first, and I'm, I am I love what I've seen from him. He's led the NCAA in scoring this year, 30 goals, 35 assists. He averaged 1.81 points per game, which was a new NCAA hockey record. Nobody in the history of college hockey has ever averaged more than 1.81 points per game. So that goes to show you something. I think Eichel held the record before at a 1.79 or 1.78 or something like that. Um, he also won Big Ten Freshman of the Year. He was the Big Ten um, Most Outstanding Player. So, I mean, the thing that makes him so lethal is his speed, his size, his playmaking ability, his hockey IQ. He might very well be the best skater in the draft. I think he's a better skater than Connor Bedard. The difference is he doesn't have as accurate as a shot as Connor Bedard, which is why Connor Bedard makes him better because he also has everything else that he has. But I do think Adam Fantilli is the best skater in the draft. The cons to his game is he's not very—he's not a defensive type-minded uh, player. Um, like he just—he's got a lot. He's got a lot to work on with defense. Even though he's an offensive player, you still like to see him incorporate some defensive skills into his game, and he doesn't have that right now, which to me is a, a decent con. But if you don't care about that, it's fine. He's going to be a great number two pick. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if we see him get to 100 points a couple times in his career. I think he's that good. Um, I'm not saying he's going to get it in his rookie year, but down the line, if he hits 100 points, would not be surprised whatsoever. Am I back? Yeah, you've been back. Okay. Um, yeah, Adam Fantilli's amazing. And he, he is supposed to be a guy who's, like, solid on defense. People compare him to Taves every now and again. But I understand what you're saying. Like, that's not something – I don't think guys ever really put their defensive prowess on display in uh, college hockey. Um, Jack Hughes didn't play college hockey, but he played for the development program, which is – you got college hockey vibes sometimes. A lot of those guys go on to play college. Jack Hughes almost never defended playing for the development program. Why? Because he always had the puck. He's the best player ever in that program. And people weren't sure about his defense. He comes to the NHL. When you're 19 and 150 pounds soaking wet, it's hard to see you as a defensive-minded person anyway. And then mm -hmm. last year and this year, you watch Jack Hughes play, and I'm like, holy crap. He's actually, like, leading the team in steals. 
and he's amongst the best in the NHL in terms of stealing the puck away from opponents. I'm not acting like he's this Pavel Datsuk level back checker. Um, I think Trevor Zegers can be that. Um, you know, he's not like a true thief like that, but he's up there, man. He's good. Oh, yeah. And so, like, guys like Fantilli, I think, need to be put in a situation where that's a must, and we'll see what he's capable of doing. Um, Fantilli is also kind of a D-hole, which I think is going to really bode well for him in the NHL. Um, he's He's got, like, an edge to him, at least so, from what I've seen. Maybe there are scouts that would think I'm a clown for saying that. But I think Adam Fantilli's tough as nails. I can't wait to see what he does in the Absolutely. NHL and see what kind of positions he puts himself into offensively where, you know, maybe he the, – the offense reminds me of Heischer. I, I get such Nico Heischer vibes from Adam Fantilli, and people are going to think I'm crazy. Nobody knows how good Nico Heischer actually is except for Devils fans and maybe you from hearing me. Um, but, like, you recognize Heischer as a top – 30 center in the NHL, right? Yeah. Top 20 maybe even? You, yeah, we'd have to look at it. He, to go he's he's going to be an 80-point man. And he might win the Selkie Trophy. He comes in second at minimum. Like, I, I wholeheartedly think that. Uh, he might even be a top 10 center. I got no problem saying that. I really don't. And if Fantilli became that, and then somehow, let's say... I can't remember the Italian kid who's going to go number one overall next year. I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, I don't remember. It's like Puccini or something like that. Yeah. Um, if they lucked into a guy like that, because I think even if the Hawks win the lottery, they stink again next year. Like Bedard could have 85 points, and I still think the team's going to suck. Um, but they'll at least they won't be lottery bad. But they'll be like, well, lottery. You're a lottery team if you miss the playoffs. Technically. Um, so they're a lottery team in that sense, but I don't think they'll be like bottom three, four, or five if they were to get Bedard. But I think they'd still be like Vancouver or Philly where they're like bottom 10. Uh-huh. And then in 25, you really start to see big improvement as everybody starts to show up. But I don't know. I think really highly. Of... Max Celebrini. That's it. Boom. Max Celebrini. Fettuccini Celebrini. I don't think... He would probably go third in this year's draft. There might be some people that think he goes second. Um, which reminds me, I actually have a question for you before we okay. get to Bedard, and I'll, I'll end Fantilli while I'm uh, pulling this up. Um, I I agree with you. I think Fantilli could have a couple hundred point seasons in him because I feel Nico will. And I, I always draw Fantilli. There were people drawing him back to Taves. My natural instinct is to draw him to Hesha. If he has a 50-point rookie year, everyone would celebrate like Nico did. It uh-huh. might take him a minute to become like this 80-point guy, which I, if Nico gets the one point against Washington, he'll be an 80-point guy, uh-huh. which I, I really hope he gets to 80 points because then I think his chances of reaching the South Key Trophy will be you know, exponential. But I, I just I think the world of Fantilli, he won the Hobie Baker, which we never even yep. touched on. The best said, the oh, you, you're right. You did say it. You did say it. My bad. My bad. You did say it. Uh, that goes to the best player in college hockey, and it was well-deserved. Uh, I thought there was a chance that Nyes, Snuggerud, Luke Hughes, that all of them get this thing, but Fantilli was the best player. He scored a goal from the goal line in the one Michigan game I went to this year, and just really, really cool to see him. So, you know, whichever team comes in second for the lottery – 
is going to be very, very thrilled with the fact that they get to land Mr. Um, Fantilli here. And all these Italians, Max Celebrini, <laughs> Adam Fantilli, Vinny Parisi. I mean, I'm going to get that printed on a shirt. Ooh, I want that as a shirt. Adam Fantilli, Max Celebrini, Vinny Parisi. Yes. Oh, I love Italian hockey players. What's your question? You're getting off topic. So we're gonna get to we're gonna talk about Bedard here. I want to know your question. This has to do with Bedard. Oh, okay. This is from our friend who's never appeared on this show. I've always meant to reach out to him to get him on. Mm-hmm. But um, this is from our friend Tony X. Our friend Tony X. Who do you know who Tony X is? Of course I know who Tony X is. For those of you in the chat who might not know who Tony X is. In the 2016 NHL playoffs, the Chicago Blackhawks were playing against the St. Louis Blues in the first round. And during game seven, Tony X found hockey. And he tweeted that, you know, where have white people been keeping hockey from us all this time for? This shit is lit. And he's like... He's like, I don't know who this Patrick Kane guy is, but we got to stop him. He's a Blues fan. Uh-huh. Um, at the end of the game, the Hawks pulled Crawford, and he tweeted, the goalie just said, fuck it, and left. Like, <laughs> like he just tweeted all these funny things of a like fish-out-of-water hockey fan. And to this day now, he is one of the most diehard hockey fans on Twitter.com. It, like, and, and he tweeted like during the game, like, I think I'm about to be a diehard fan of this shit. And he has been. He, you know, became like a Twitter celebrity. He went to the NHL awards. Like, this dude's awesome. And he, him and I have communicated on Twitter before multiple times. And he follows me and I follow him. Well, he posed a question the other day. And I wrote a response that got 360 likes. I didn't even know that. I just realized that right now. <laughs> um, I almost got as many likes on my response as he did on the post in general. Credit to me. He proposed this question, Frank. Without knowing what we know now, just with them as prospects, so you ignore anything they've done in their NHL career, forget about cups, forget about scoring titles, heart trophies, forget it all. Take yourself back to when they were about to be drafted. Okay. All of these players are in the same draft. What order would they be selected? Austin Matthews, Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, Alexis Lafreniere, and Nathan McKinnon. You want okay. I, There's I, five, right? Yeah, I think my answer is right. I, I I know that sounds crazy, but it got 360 likes. None other of these tweets got any likes. Like, I think this is the right answer. I'm curious to see if you disagree with me. Go All ahead. right, well, let's see. I. It's based with, on hype no, right, entering right. the draft. Right. Um, I would go with Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Connor Bedard, Nathan McKinnon, and then Lafreniere. So we have a couple flipped. I wrote I wrote Connor McDavid, uh-huh. Connor Bedard. Austin Matthews, Alexis Lafreniere, Nathan McKinnon. Wow. And I'll tell I, I have reason. I don't remember just, that much hype for Lafreniere. 
Lafreniere when like, he I didn't was hear with, a lot about him. I mean, it was like it was COVID when he was with the Ramuski Oceanic. He was this generational winger. He's going to go to a team and score a hundred goals in year one. And listen, he wasn't as hyped as Matthew Bedard or McDavid. Nathan McKinnon wasn't even supposed to go third. Seth Jones was supposed to be the first pick in the draft that year. And Colorado went with the Nate Dog, thank God. And at two, the freaking lightning took Drew N. Or no, the Panthers took Barkov, which Barkov's better than Seth Jones, so good call there. But then the lightning took Drew N third. And then Jones went forth to the Predators. <coughs> so the Nate Dog, he was supposed to be a good player. Nobody ever thought this. Yeah. If this list were if this list were best player right now, McKinnon would probably be second. And Bedard would be last because we don't know. Bedard is unquestionably number one. Adam Fantilli's not even touching him. There were some weirdos that tried to make the Jack Eichel claim in 2015, but like that was just never a thing. Connor McDavid was the next one. And he had even more hype than Connor Bedard has right now. We knew Connor McDavid's name when he was like 14. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally. I think Lafreniere had more hype than McKinnon and Matthews. Matthews is in the middle. Uh, I put him third because after Bedard, because there were the Line A people, because Line A was so good at the. Um, World Juniors and in the World Championships, he also had a comparable rookie year. Matthews had 40 and Line had 36, I believe. So I don't know. I think I think that list is fun to debate though. And your list isn't bad. you you made a good list. I hear you. But I just remember like Seth Jones going fourth was like one of the biggest shockers of all time. I was a little pissed that Tony X didn't include Jack Hughes. If I could include Jack Hughes on the list, I would put him in between. I would put him in between Matthews and Lafreniere. Because there were the Caco people. There were the Capo Caco people. Capo Caco has 41 career goals. Jack Hughes has 43 goals this season. But those people are crazy. Um, but yeah, Frank, Connor Bedard, though, the reason for even bringing this up. One of the most hyped draft prospects we've ever seen. He um, was eliminated from postseason contention. He yeah. had 72 goals in the regular season. And in Regina's seven-game playoff series loss, he had 20 points. Just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But his season's over. Let's break down and discuss Connor Bedard's season that is now over. I thought he had 72 assists, 71 goals, right? Could have been. Yeah, could have been. 143 points. It's a good, uh, that's a dream WHL season. And yeah, it comes to an end. Game seven. Um, yeah, seven goals, 11 or seven games played, 11 goals, nine assists, 20 points in a seven game playoff series. Unbelievable. It also proves that even at the WHL, you need players around you to win a championship that what makes so sorry that's what makes it so hard to win a championship in sports that's when it's a team sport is you need more than just 
a great athlete. You need more than a Bedard. You need more than a Connor McDavid to do that. And even at the WHL, it, it's still the same case. Um, yeah, he's he'll be the first overall pick, no doubt. There's no argue about it. I mean, if you think Fantilli's going to go one or think he deserves one, then you haven't been watching what Connor Bedard brings to the table. So I disagree with everybody who thinks Fantilli should go one. But nonetheless, I think what makes – Connor Bedard so dangerous and better than Fantilli is because Bedard's got everything Fantilli has minus a docket of speed. Cause I think Fantilli has a better speed, but other than that, he's got everything uh, Fantilli has plus an amazing wrist shot. And when he debuts in the NHL next season, Connor Bedard, I think he'll have a top five wrist shot immediately. As soon as he hits the ice, he's top five wrist shot best in the NHL. I truly believe that. Um, and I think that that makes him, that's what makes him so good is you're going to come to an NHL. You never played yet. And you're going to be top five in a category. Um, once again, though, his defense is not going to win you a Selkie. He's not going to be the center that wins you a Selkie like Taves or Bergeron, um, but he's going to be better. He's not going to need that. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be a scorer, a pure, a pure scorer. And right now there's too many strengths to name. We talk about him so much on this podcast. The strengths are just unbelievable. Um, I mean, we could, we could say it over and over again, like a broken record. What's so great about Connor Bedard, but there's just too many strengths and not many weaknesses here. So, um, his rookie year will be hype just as much hype as there was with Connor McDavid. Is he going to come out and get a hundred points in his rookie year? No, it's not going to happen. I, I, you wrote down last week, what I, I had him projected at. I think I had him in the high eighties, maybe. I mean, I might be very well wrong too. He might blow everybody out of the water and, and get a hundred points in his first year, but it's just, it's hard to do. And especially we don't know the team he's going to be on. Uh, and that all makes a difference. Cause we don't know what stage in the rebuild they're going to be in, or if they're even in a rebuild or if somebody miraculous like Calgary is going to, or no, Calgary can't win it. I learned that too. Right. I, I was on um, tankathon and they had no odds for them to win the first overall draft pick. The pick belongs to Florida. But there was like after eight, there was no odds for any of the bottom eight teams to win the first overall pick. Oh, you can only move up a certain number of slots. So after, yeah, so after like the first eight, that's it. You can't, like Calgary can't win the draft lottery. Um, Who's another team that missed that was like just, Nashville can't win the draft lottery. I didn't know that. Nashville, Cavalry, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. If you go on a tankathon, there's no odds for the first overall pick. Which yeah, I didn't know. I thought everybody was able to. I just thought the chance new. Were... Oh, okay. That's new it's this like year. The last no, the last like three or four or it might yeah, I, I think it went into effect this year. And I didn't know. You can't win two in a row anymore either. Starting now. So there's not gonna be another Devils winning two out of I think you have to wait like four years to win it again. What? I forget the I forget the exact Four years. I forget the exact numbers, but there's no Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes in two out of three years again. Interesting. But the teams that are ineligible to win, Arizona has Ottawa's pick. They can't with that. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Calgary, and Nashville. Sim Lottery, Blackhawks move down to four. I mean, you still get a good player at four. Yeah. You got to take what you're given. You don't have a choice. It's all random. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll take it. 
The yeah. Hawks got four, they get four. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. But you're an optimistic man. You are an optimistic man. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and whine over it. There's nothing you can do. Is complaining about it going to make a move up to third, second? No, it's not going to. You're going to. You're going to get nowhere. Yes, so you and I'll talk with what you're getting. You're given, and you make the best out of a dull situation. I agree, but I'm going to complain. Oh yeah, and I'll tell you why. You could complain. It's not going to get you anywhere. No, I mean, of course it's not. But like. Are we done on Bedard? I mean, Bedard, like he's just sick, right? Like, yeah, I and mean, there's nothing much else to say. Too many strengths, very little weaknesses. I'll be stunned if he doesn't win the Calder Trophy next year. Um, I don't think Fantilli plays in the NHL next year. Um, I think Fantilli's going to go back to school. I could be wrong. I could be dead ass wrong. Like I'm not. I'm not dying on that hill by any means. Nobody's. There are certain things like I. We talk about this all the time on the show. There are takes I have that you could come make fun of me for at the end because I'm like dead set on it. I don't want to be made fun of for this Fantilli take because I'm not, I'm acknowledging that I very well could be wrong on it. I would go back to school if I were him um, instead of playing for the ass Blue Jackets next year, the ass Ducks or the ass Hawks. Go have 100 points with Michigan, try to win another Natty, sign at the end of the year, play in the playoffs maybe or whatever, the, you know, the last week of the season with your stinky team. Um, yeah. Um, but the draft lottery, let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, so it's right now the number the best odds is either gonna go to Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus. Chicago shit the bed by beating Pittsburgh. That was devastating. They got out of it. They were beating the wild late in the third and they didn't even get a point out of it. Now, if the Hawks don't squeak out a win yesterday, they have the worst odds because Columbus gets a point against Philadelphia. So that that was just devastating. And now I would say the favorite is well, the Hawks are way like they need a miracle to get the best odds now because being tied with Anaheim, Anaheim's got the worst tiebreaker. So Anaheim's 31st. So the only way the Hawks could move down to 32nd because Chicago and Anaheim each only have one game left, they would need Anaheim to get a point in their final game. The Hawks would have to lose their final game, and Columbus would need a win in their last two. So a lot needs to happen for Chicago to get the number one uh, best odds. Um, I would say Anaheim's the favorite because you think Columbus gets a point here or there. Um, they just need one point. You would think so, but you're, it's not a guarantee with Columbus. They're stinky. But you never know. Um yeah, I just it just doesn't seem likely. Anaheim plays the Kings. Um, Columbus plays Pittsburgh and Buffalo, so that that's probably not likely as well. I so probably now that I'm reading it, Columbus probably has the best odds of getting the number one draft pick. And in my opinion, and it drops drastically. You got twenty five point five percent for first, second place uh you have 13.5 percent odds to get uh the number one pick and then third is 11.5 so to me there's really no difference in second and third place it's just you want one if the hawks finish third or second i mean flip a coin because you 13 and a half and 11 and a half is not much of a difference no my only worry with four or three instead of two is you could drop from if two teams down win the lottery then you could go from the third overall pick to the fourth overall pick and I'd rather them choose between Mitch Kov and Carlson than be forced one of them. Um, I am going to list off a couple people I hate. <laughs> I hate Luke Richardson right now. I, he's a great coach. He's a little too good. Wish they would have hired him next year instead because they needed another year of Colleton. 
okay? Or Derek King, who stunk outside of the first few weeks. I hate him right now because I don't get how Anton Hudobin wasn't starting every single game the rest of the year. I kind of hate Kyle Davidson right now for not forcing that down Luke Richardson's throw. You put Hudobin in net or you are fired. I would have done that. You think I'm kidding? I hate Buddy Johnson. Dude, you're like 24. You're not Buddy anymore. Okay? Your name's not Buddy. Grow up. What are you scoring a goal for? This kid's not going to play for the Hawks. In the, like, I just, oh, I couldn't believe that he scored. Why the H is Andreas Athanasiu still on this team? Someone wouldn't give you a fourth-round pick for him at the trade deadline? You mean to tell me Buffalo, who's fast as shit and would love to have a guy like Andreas Athanasiu on their third line, you're telling me that you couldn't have gotten a fifth, a sixth, for Andreas Athanasiu, who has 20 goals? He's got 20? What is he on the roster for? At this point, he's in for the future. There's no reason, then. But he's, he's probably gotta... not, though. He's probably not, though. That's why I'm like, what is he doing here? He cost you Bedard. I... Not necessarily, though. They could still win Bedard. Then if Whoever. they win Bedard, it's like, oh, we won Bedard and we still got these guys. Frank, they made it so hard now for the team not in last to win the lottery. We're on a four-year run. So we're due. Of the worst team. We're due. We're due. I, I yeah, love a good due. I like I like that too. Guys over three at the plate. He's due, yep. buddy. He's due. Yep. I love it. I was out of my mind angry yesterday. Staylock, get the fuck out of here. Get out. 30 something saves against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Where the hell were the Pittsburgh Penguins? I think I hate them forever. They're always been they, a top five favorite too. Evgeny Malkin, what the <laughs> fuck was Evgeny Malkin the third star for? I know he had a goal. I don't give a shit. Nobody on that Penguins team. The Penguins have done a better job tanking this season than the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That was they've, a key game. They've <laughs> tried to lose harder than the Blackhawks, and they're trying to make the playoffs. And, Frank, I think I might have a vein coming out of my head now. I, I was so angry last night. I want the Hawks to win the lottery. So if Connor Bedard comes to Columbus and the Devils have to play him five times a year, it's already bad enough that I've spent my entire hockey fandom in the same division as Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, Backstrom. Giroux just got his 1,000 point. 900 of those came with the Flyers. Are you kidding me? They're going to let Bedard go to Columbus. I cannot believe this. That they should be ashamed of themselves for not playing Hudobin. They should be ashamed of themselves for not training Athanasiu. And I still have a glimmer of hope. And I'll tell you why. The Chicago Bears looked destined for the second overall pick. And then our guy, Lovey Smith, <laughs> pulled off the Chicago Houston miracle to get them the number one pick. Houston wins their last game of the year. The Bears lose their 10th in a row to end the season, and the Bears get the number one pick, and they got an elite wide receiver out of it. They got an extra first-round pick next year out of it. It was just a great thing. The Hawks need a similar miracle. It could happen. It's not over go out it's there, over. If they go out there. Columbus has two games. They yeah, need two points, but, though. But Anaheim, that's the one we got to worry about, because if Anaheim loses, we can't. 
it's impossible to get the last pick or last place if Anaheim loses. But I'd rather have the second best odds than third. I agree with you. Because let's say I want let's, I want the best odds though, which requires Anaheim to get a point. Let's That's say who has a chance? Let's say Ottawa. Not Ottawa. Where's Tankathon? Let me pull up Tankathon. Let's say Montreal and oh not Philly. Please not Philly. Arizona. Let's say Montreal and Arizona win the lottery and the Hawks are in second. Mm-hmm. Then instead of going from second to third, they go from second to fourth. Like the higher you finish, the better. Because again, I'd rather I'd rather probably Leo Carlson than Mitchkov. Because Mitchkov is going to play overseas for a thousand years before making his way over. Um, at this point, I want the teams ahead of the Hawks to win the lottery if over the teams behind them, mm-hmm. because then they won't fall back. If that freaking Andreas Athanasiu scores again, he only scores in these games. <laughs> I I hate him. I hate all of them. It's rough. What are you? doing Alex Stalock he's been a backup his whole career and he's having a Vezina caliber year if he was on a good team with those numbers he'd be in consideration put in Mrazic put in Hudobin bench Athanasiu get Buddy Johnson the frick out of here with his stupid name oh my god Frank I was legitimately fuming last night that you could go down my Twitter I was fuming too you could go down my Twitter right now and look at my tweets from last night. They were all about everything else hockey related other than the draft lottery. And I tweet about the draft lottery almost every day. Almost every single day I tweet about the draft lottery and updating the Twitter followers on what's going on with it. I didn't even touch it last night. I had no interest. I'd rather tweet about McJesus keeping Edmonton's hopes of winning the division alive or something like that. I just... Hate it. Yes, the Hawks had the fifth best odds. And things were different, though. Things were different, though. It was just the one pick. It was just the one pick when they got Kaner. And, you know, they what did they jump up from 12 to 3 back when they did the top three to get Kirby Doc, who, you know, again, I watched Bowen Byram just dominate with Colorado yesterday. Him and Devin Taves put on a clinic against – Dry Seidel and McDavid. Oh my God, the Hawks make me so angry. They make it's, me uh, so angry. It's not over though. It's not over until the end of the season. It's not. <coughs> over. If there's a way to get there, it's possible. <clears throat> Let's not forget Foss- the Steelers making the uh, playoffs. You know that what, Frank? Was, that was we're like needed a miracle. I think you need a miracle with the I lottery. Think you balls. laughed on me. I think you laughed at me when I said the Steelers could make the playoffs. Two and years ago? Yeah. Yeah. When I'm the like, Jaguars. They got to beat the, yeah. Yeah. The Colts. And the Jaguars got to beat the Colts, and everything had to go perfectly. You know what? Well, I get paid to cover the Jaguars now. So, you know, karma. Well, just saying. Foster says only. Hawks have 11 picks, question mark. I think they have 11. First, second, or third round picks over the next two years. They do, because they have six this year, right? Here, I can tell you. Do, do, they, have, do they have 11 this year alone? 
I don't know. I know they have two firsts, two seconds, two thirds. The Hawks this year have, well, Frank, you're way off. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They have 11 picks this year, Frank. Wow. They have two firsts. They have two firsts, four seconds. Oh, my God. But if the New York Rangers reach the second or reach the conference finals, one of those four seconds will make it a third first. Uh-huh. Two thirds, a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh, no sixth. And then next year, they have two firsts, two seconds, two thirds, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. And that's a good, this is a good draft to have four picks in the second round. Yes, I agree because a lot of those second round picks would be lower end first round picks yeah. in most drafts. Yeah, I agree. And that, so. that Ranger pick, I mean, I'm sorry that. The Devils are going to have to keep that a second round pick for you <laughs> because even if the Rangers play them in the second round, first or second round, that's a no for me, dog. But oh, I just hope they win the Metro and then I don't have to think about the Rangers till the second round if oh, they don't beat Carolina. Yeah. Um, listen, I, at this point, why not just have faith in the Devils and have faith in my Panthers? Like, why not? Why not? Um, but yeah, draft lottery, freaking Hawks, man, freaking Hawks. You, I don't understand how, like, you're a GM and you see Connor Bedard has 71 goals. <laughs> it's not even like he's a really good player. He might be the franchise's greatest player ever if he lived up to his hype. A guy who's Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves put into one player. And Connor McDavid. Because he's probably, or not Connor McDavid. Connor Bedard doesn't even slightly remind me of Connor McDavid. When people compare him to Connor McDavid, it's just because they get lots of points. But like Sidney Crosby gets lots of points. Alex Ovechkin gets lots of points. I, I, to me, the best comparable for Connor Bedard is like if you were to take Steven Stamkos, Patrick Kane and mix them together. That's kind of what I get out of Connor Bedard. He's I got feel the like shot. A Kucherov. Kucherov. Oh my God. That is a wonderful comparison. Is Kucherov. Kucherov's going to the Hall of Fame. That's a Frank. I'm my man. <laughs> my man. My hockey man. Oh yeah. I love to hear that. That was that was really nice. Because Stamkos, Stamkos and Kane. You put them together, you might have Kucherov. I mean, that's a really, really good one. He's going to play wing in the NHL, me thinks, um, Bedard. And if you put him, let's say, let's say the Hawks find a poor man's heisher, like a solid two-way defenseman, maybe not mm -hmm. as offensively capable as heisher, but you know, a guy like that, Bedard can have 150 points, no problem. Mm -hmm. I honestly think so. And that's cra that's a crazy projection Foster, to make. It's eleven. Right? It's eleven. Yeah. It's eleven. So good call on that, Foster. And next year, next year as of right now, they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And they will probably add to that because they'll sign over the summer, they'll sign someone who's a moderately good player 
Maybe they re-sign Max Domi because I know how much Max Domi loves Luke Richardson and then ship him off again at the trade deadline because I don't think the Hawks are going to be good next year um, with Bedard or without. Certainly not without. Um, I don't know, man. That's tough. I'm annoyed. I'm super annoyed. I'm, I'm happy to hear you're annoyed too, though. I am annoyed. Yeah. Tanking works. Look at the Devils. I, well, Tank. I don't agree on tanking. I hate tanking because, like, that's a I'm poor not, mindset. I'm not talking about, like, like the players losing on purpose. Well, that's, that's not what tanking. I'm talking about. To uh, me, that's no, tanking. Tanking in non-weirdo terms is, like, the organization doing what it can to put its best foot forward for the future. The Devils did that. They got rid of Zajac. They got rid of Paul Mary. They got rid of Andy Green. Stop being mediocre mediocre sucks it's way better to be bad and you got jack hughes he broke in his breakout year it took him one breakout year to break their single season points record and if he has a big game against washington he could throw up a hundred pointer then they have he sure as their second line center as a mm -hmm. result of tanking not the your kind of tanking, my kind of tanking and look look at what it's gotten them the hawks can do that Look at their last dynasty was built on the fortunes of a first overall pick and a third overall pick. You build yeah. through the draft. We will get to some of these good teams here. In period number two. Welcome to period two, where we're going to talk about more hockey that has nothing to do with the youngsters. Well, some of these teams have youngsters. Um, we will start with the Boston Bruins, who broke the NHL record for most wins in a season. They earned their 62nd win of the year. Frank, is this the greatest regular season team of all time? I guess it has to be, yeah, just because of they've done something that no other regular team to have done. I don't even know, fumbling my words here. But, yeah, I, they'd have to be. I mean, not only that, but you didn't have this written down. They broke the all-time points record that was held by the Canadians um, with 132. Bruins have 133. They break that record as well. It's absolutely unbelievable when you watch this team. Um, but, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. They're the best team ever. Um, I mean, they have Charlie Coyle, Taylor Hall, and Bertuzzi on the third line. Like, that would be a top line on a lot of teams. You know, all those guys have scored 30. All those guys are heavily capable of having 50 or more points in any season. Like, those are great players, and they're on their third line. Their fourth line has Garnet Hathaway. Right, like they're they're just so good, and I love their defense. Um, Dmitry Bobby Orlov has been outstanding for them since coming over. Hampus Lindholm might be nominated for the Norris Trophy. Same thing with Charlie McAvoy. Um, and then you got guys like Grizzlick and Carlo. I mean, this team is off the hook. I love what the Bruins do. I think Allmark got hurt, and they put in Swayman. 
So I don't know what Allmark's status is going to be going into the playoffs. I would assume Swayman starts their final game of the season. Um, they're probably going to play nobody. I wouldn't play like Bergeron or Krejci or anything. I'd let Taylor Hall play because he's been out for a while and he's finally back. Um, I probably would let some of the younger kids play. But the veterans said a Martian. He broke his goal drought. All right, Brad, your confidence is back. We know you're sexy in the playoffs, pal. Um, one player, though, who might be itching to play, and you might just have to let him play, is this man who just reached his 60th goal of the season, David Pasternak. What's your takeaway from the man known as Pasta? He set out a goal. He wanted it. He gets a hat trick. And I mean, he wanted 60. You could tell it just by that game alone against the Flyers. So I think you sit him. There's no reason. What are you trying to achieve now, 62? What's what's the big deal? Uh, you sit him. He got the 60 goal mark. He's got nothing else to prove. He's not chasing any other milestones or goals. You sit him. You play him and he gets hurt and he's out for the season and the whole playoffs, then what? Then you feel like an ass that you played him. No reason to. Broke the franchise wins record or the NHL wins record, NHL points record. He got 60. You got no reason to play him. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the Bruins goals record, I think, is within reach. Um, I want to say it's 62, but like I, they don't care about that. Um, one thing that's possible, I'll tell you what, you're going to think I'm high. <laughs> you're going to think I'm crazy. That 60th goal was the 300th of his career. He is 26. There's no reason he can't challenge Ovechkin. Yeah, you're on glue. I'm not on glue. 300 goals in 591 games. Um, divided by 591. Um, he's almost 600 games. Yeah, so he's he at... keep that same pace and play 1,200 games, and you're still 200 behind. Over 200. Hold on. Hold on, 591. Hold on. What did I say? He's got six, 300, 300 goals divided by 591 games. And let's say he plays 1,500 NHL games. Yeah, he'll be in the high – he'll be in the 700s. And that's tough, though. That is tough. That is tough. There were – he's – some of his averages might be low right now, though. He's entering his prime. That that goals per game will climb if he has a couple more 60-ers. Well, and not only that, though, but you also got to think, I don't know how the Bruins are going to be next year. I think he got 60 because of how great this team is. He's got a lot of playmakers on his team that can get him the puck so he can score. I'm not saying he's going to be a 20-goal scorer without this team. But I would not be surprised if he gets like 45 next year if the Bruins left some key pieces go. I mean, he had help this year to get him to 60. Yeah, his top line mate this is, is Pavel Zaka. This is a historic. For four. This is a historic year for the Bruins. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him go down 15 or so goals when this year's over. I mean. We don't know the future of the Bruins, who's going to be coming back to the team. So there's a lot in question here. And I, I think that the reason he did so well is because of the historic team that they have. It's possible. I love his chemistry with Zaka, though. And they locked him up. McAvoy will be there passing him one tease on the power play. Um, maybe not 60, but 50. I think that's going to be on the possible. table every single year. 
every single year, Pasta's going to be one of those guys who can hit 50. 60s, odd, 60s crazy, man. We don't see – we've celebrated Pasta Austin. Will be able to get 50. Yeah, and if he hits 50 consistently till he's 38, 39 years old, he'll be in the 800 goal range. But I don't think he's that type of player to be like an Ovechkin and hit it consistently. I I agree with that only because I don't see him potting 50 at 38 years old. He's not that type of player. No, and I also I don't know I don't know like Ovechkin had 25 30 power play goals a season. I don't know if that's pasta. I know he's got one of those shots on the power play that we talked about, like Zabanajad, Tage Thompson, Ovechkin, Stamkos, Kucherov, those guys who have that kind of shot from the top circle on the power play. I don't know. But I, I listen, I think he could be a Hall of Fame 700-goal-scoring wagon. Maybe he won't get to eight. He'll have 700 goals. Pasta are, strikes me as the type of guy that give it six years and then he becomes a consistent 25-30 goal scorer. Maybe a little more than six years, but you laugh, but there's nothing I'm not, funny about I'm it. Not, I'm, I'm not telling laughing. You how it is. I'm telling you how it is. I'm not laughing. I I I don't think 25-30, that's on the low end for me. I think even in – Yeah, like, I didn't give it enough time. I'm saying later in his career. Maybe not six years, but like later in his career, consistent 30. Yeah. Now, like, like Zach Parisi had 20 at 38 years old. If Pasta's doing stuff like that, he can score 700 goals in this league. He's already got 300. That's a lot for 26. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And if he gets to 700, we're talking Hall of Fame, number retired, all that kind of stuff. So good for David Pasternak. Frank, let's move it on over to the Metropolitan Division. The New Jersey Devils, with their win, clinched home ice advantage in yep. the first round of the playoffs. The New York Rangers cannot catch them. They stink. Um, the Devils also tied their franchise record for wins, which is – Absolutely unbelievable. Um, and the Metropolitan Division is on the line on Thursday when they take on the Washington Capitals and the Carolina Hurricanes take on the Florida Panthers. Carolina would clinch the Metro with a point, leaving the Devils to host the Rangers in round number one. I thought or, the you're they right, the Devils, the Devils do have the tiebreaker. The Devils do have tiebreaker. But Right so Carolina, Carolina would clinch with two. The Devils, two yeah, they could get one, but the Devils would have to lose in regulation to Washington. So that's the scenario. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, if if uh, Carolina gets a point, Devils, it still opens the door for the Devils to get a win. And if they win, they have the tiebreaker and win the division. So in order for the Carolina Hurricanes to take fate out of the Devils' hand, they need two points against Florida. Doesn't matter if it comes in overtime, shootout, whatever. As long as they get two points, they clinch the Metropolitan Division. Their final game is against Florida. The Devils' final game is in Washington. Um, Will the Panthers even try against Carolina, though? That's another thing you have to think of. They're not going up or down. They clinch the playoffs. Are they satisfied? Do they want to play anybody? That could play against the Devils. Avoiding Um, the Bruins? I didn't think they could move up or down. How could they not move down? The Panthers? The Panthers have 92 points and the Islanders have 91. 
if they lose and the Islanders win, Panthers get the Bruins. Well, that's true. So, yeah, then maybe they would uh, try. But, yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, the Devils hold the season series against the Capitals 2-1. to one. That plays a big uh, role in their favor, too. They've kind of, wouldn't say dominate, Two to one series, but they've they've had the Capitals number this year. So that loss good. was that loss was the last loss before the thirteen game win streak. Really? Friendly, yeah, that I do know for a fact that you could go look it up. The thirteen game win streak came on the end of a loss to Washington. Ovechkin had a power play goal. Like Washington dominated. I think it was six to four or something like that. Washington killed them. And the Devils went one thirteen straight from there. So it'll so, be interesting. It'll be interesting. What What's your prediction? Uh, this is tough. I think it Carolina squeaks it out because I, I'm I'm very high on Carolina this year. I think they're one of the best teams. I think they could win the cup. And I think crunch time against the Florida Panthers. I think they're just. I think they're going to get it done. That's fair, Frank. I, I don't hate that take. And listen, I'm the devil's guy. I'm not going to poo-poo your take. They lost three in a row before yesterday. And they've had a hard time scoring since Svechnikov went That's out for true. the year. And mm-hmm. I I did see them as a cup contender with Svechnikov. I actually probably saw them as the second best East team, only behind – no, the third best East team, only behind the Bruins and the Leafs. Um, I don't feel that way anymore. I think the Devils and the Rangers could take them. I wow. do. I do. I will pick either one back. against them. Is he coming back? Done. Bye-bye. So next season? Next season. See you in training camps. Fetch. Uh-oh. I don't know, man. I think I would pick the – if the Devils win the Metropolitan Division, I think I'm going to – I might as, a, like, you know, Mr. Devil pick Carolina and, like, cheer them on hard. Like, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think tough. I think the Devils and the Panthers could get it done and then meet each other in the first round. And the de- the last time the Devils went to the Stanley Cup final, they played Florida in the first round. This Florida team different. Matthew Kachuk, if I had a heart trophy vote, I don't. My friend John Bucci-Gras does. Um, I would vote Matthew Kachuk second in the heart trophy voting. McDusty's going to win it. I don't even see a point for not voting for him. Um, I would do McDusty one, Kachuk two, and I would probably do Pasternak three. Um, I would give credit to Tage Thompson too. They, I hate when people say, oh, they didn't make the playoffs as if playoffs should matter for an individual award. Cause I think Tage Thompson's up there too, but, and Jack Hughes will be on the ballot. He'd be in my top five. I probably would put him at five. Um, it's just. Oh, man, I hope the Devils get it done. I hope they get it done so bad. They have to beat Washington. Um, Even a point, though, if Carolina lost in regulation, yeah. then it does it. Yeah. Isn't that something? So. You know they're on the verge of breaking their all-time wins record? We thought they were a bubble team. Oh, 52. Yeah, we thought they were a yeah. bubble team. I'm, I was thinking about not putting them in. I was thinking about not putting them in. And they broke their all-time win. Like, this season has just been everything you could ever ask for and more. They have a way better goal differential than Carolina. 
and I would hate for the difference in the season between them and the Carolina Hurricanes to be one lousy overtime loss. <laughs> like that. That would just really get me all summer if the Devils ended up losing to the Rangers in the first round. Just because, like, I think when it's a rival, it's different. It makes it ten times harder, even if you're yeah. better on paper. I would pick the Devils against the Rangers, but, like, in the playoffs, it's just like it could go either way between those two, no matter what. Ah, that's that's tough, man. That's so tough. I hope they get it done so bad. But what did you think of Luke Hughes making his NHL debut yesterday? It was pretty cool. He didn't do much on the stat sheet, but that wasn't his main purpose of playing. I mean, he was just getting his feet wet in the NHL, got to start the game with Jack Hughes, had a 57-second shift. Um, Prudential Center was loud. As soon as that puck hit the ice, they were straight buzzing. They were excited to see it. I know he enjoyed playing with his uh, brother. There's just many more great memories to come out of it, so it's, it's going to be exciting to watch, especially as a Devils fan. Do you think the Devils – with Luke and Jack and Nico, do you think they're the favorite to win the Metropolitan going into the next five seasons? Yeah. Like if you had to pick a team in the Metro, that's going to win the division the most in the next five seasons. Yeah. I don't really know how, what's, what's going on with the hurricanes going forward, but um, they'll be good. They'll be really good. I think you have Ajo. You have Aho, Teravainen, Nietzsche, Svechnikov, this great you know, defense for a long time. You know what makes me nervous, though, is that we had them as a bubble team, and they did this well. So does that mean that they're going to continue doing this well? Or is this like we overperformed this year, we're going to take – we're going to have 95 points next year instead of 110, and that's probably not going to win the division. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a little worrisome that they did so well when both of us thought they were just going to barely get in, if at all. So that's the only thing that worries me. Whereas Carolina, we knew Carolina would be good. They were great last year. We knew they'd be good this year. I'm pretty sure we both picked them to win the division. Um, So, yeah, that's the only thing that worries me. Yeah, I agree. I think one more good Devils year, that worry will go away forever. Probably. Because – Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, they're all like 23, 21. Mm-hmm. Like Mercer's has 27. It's not like their guys are old and like they had this crazy year like in 2018 when Gibbons had 15 goals and they got a good year out of Zay Jack and Paul Mary and Hall had a really outlandishly good year. Um, these are all guys that are coming up together and they exceeded right. expectations in year one. So it's like, if they were this good in year one, how good are they going to be in year four? Right. No, I that, that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And I'm not just saying that because they're my team. I'd say that about anyone. They remind me of – everyone always goes back to the 09 Hawks. I'm trying to think of a less vanilla answer than that. Like a team that just exceeded – Colorado. Colorado two, three years ago. And they got bounced a couple years in the playoffs, and then they finally got their cup. And now – it would surprise nobody if they won it this year, next year, the year after, or the year after that. As long as Rantanen, McKinnon, Makar are in their prime, like they they have a chance. And I think the Devils are building something very similar. I'd like to see it start now with a division title right now. Um, it's definitely possible. Yeah. And really quick, we'll end on the Devils. One last thing. Jack Hughes broke the franchise record for points in a season with 90 
seven points. Do you think he can get three more to get a hundred? I was going to bring that up. I was going to say a hundred points is possible. It's definitely on the table, especially in a game that they're going to be trying to win their hearts out. I mean, you got to assume he doesn't get three points, right? Like it's possible, but like, that's tough. It's tough to do on any given night. Um, so yeah, I just, it's, it's possible. I mean, how do you feel about that? His 97th point came on an empty net. It's like, don't care. Eh. Don't care. It's a little, like, no, nah. put the asterisk next to it. Frank, Frank, uh, one and two in empty net goals all time are uh, Gretzky and Ovechkin. Yeah, I know. And I don't want to hear any of that crap. I don't want to hear an asterisk next to Wayne. Wayne, Samuel, whatever his middle name is, Gretzky, will put the good old asterisk next to him and Ovechkin. No, I mean, no. yeah. I mean, it would have been cooler, though, if it was some sick play. You're not going to deny that. Well, if he had you, some silky. Huh? Did you see the goal Levi robbed? I tweeted it. And that would have been cool. Levi robbed Jack Hughes' record breaking point and Heesher's 80th point all on one save. It was Hughes to Brat to Nico and he jumped across and threw the glove out there and it was just a six I'm so happy Buffalo has a goaltender that we you know can trust but oh man that was tough that was tough but yep Jack did it empty net goal whatever I mean yeah it, I mean it doesn't matter I'm not saying that it shouldn't count but it's just it would have been sick if he made some flashy play and then like the announcers yelling he broke the all time franchise leading point record like that would have been pretty cool but, yeah, he gets it nonetheless. Now, I think it's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to burn himself to try and get that 100 in this last game. He's going to go all out. He knows what's on the line. He wants to hit it. Or he's going to, because he broke the all-time point record for the Devils, he might sit back and try not to burn himself out too much for the postseason. It's it's one of the two. Yeah. I like that they, at minimum, have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I think he, he either they gets They can go balls to the wall. I think he gets a hundred, or he gets zero points in the next game. That's it's like there's no in between. He ain't getting two. It's either a hundred or zero. Yeah, I hope he gets it, man, because he missed four games. Like I think if he played in those four games, he's probably sitting on like ninety nine right now. He might have probably it might even have it already. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know, man. I want Nico to get one. I want Nico to get one. To get eighty, please. Yeah, that that's possible. Obviously, he might do it. I'd say he does. He does it. Yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna say he does it. Eighty looks a lot better than seventy nine on that Selkie Trophy ballot. It does. So that's it on the Devils. Frank, Florida clinched by not playing. Um, Pittsburgh choked. The New York Islanders thank <laughs> the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Chief has a free meal at Borelli's because the Blackhawks helped. The Islanders stay alive. Um, Buffalo has been mathematically eliminated with their loss to the Devils. Quick shout-out to Buffalo. They've been one of my top ten most-watched teams this season. They will be in the postseason next year. Clip this right now. Aldo, Frank, whoever's doing it, clip this right now. The Buffalo Sabres will make the playoffs next season. Um, So pour one out for them. What's your takeaway on this whole Eastern Conference wild card thing we got pushing right now? Yeah, that's that was a tough loss for Pittsburgh. <laughs> you win and you're in right now. Then your fate's in your hand. You'd be in a playoff spot right now by one, one point, point, I think. 
Right? Yeah, they'd be they'd be in by one point. So then the fate's in your hands. You win your final game, you're in. You don't have to worry about anything. Now you need help because now you need to win. And who are they chasing? The Islanders need to lose. Um, I don't know. I thought I had. Oh no, the Islanders, the Islanders only tonight. They only need a point. Yeah, they have the breaker over Pittsburgh, so that even hurts Pittsburgh even more that they choked against the Hawks. Yeah. Now, Pittsburgh's final games against Columbus, who Pittsburgh's dominated all season. They lead the season series. That doesn't matter. <laughs> they lead the season series three to nothing. Advantage Pittsburgh, hundred percent. Not saying they're going to win, but huge advantage to Pittsburgh. Islanders play Montreal. Islanders should win, but they've had some good games this year. Season series one one. I love it. The Islanders play tonight. We'll know. If the Islanders win, they're in. If they get a point, they're in. So we'll know tonight um, the fate of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, but ultimately, it's who draws the bees in the first round, most likely, unless it's Florida who moves down. But the winner who, between Pittsburgh and the Islanders is basically who gets the Bruins in round one. Yeah, and I saw someone tweet that if the Devils – um, when that like I I think someone tweeted that they were locked into either Florida or Pittsburgh or the Rangers in the first round. I don't think that's true. Who? The Devils. They can play the Islanders in the first round. I thought they were locked in as well. I thought. How, how would they not? Let me pull it up. How would they not play the Islanders if the Islanders win tonight and Florida loses on? Oh, that's right. Because if they lost, then they would have Carolina would be the Metro Division winners. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that makes sense. Well, listen, Florida. Uh, the Islanders are going to be the first team to reach the end of the season. Um, they will be the first team to play eighty-two games. So we'll know. I think it'd be funny if they lost. And then Pittsburgh went into that game against Columbus, and it would be must-see TV. It would be must-see. If you're a Bruins fan, you want the Islanders to win. I don't want to play Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Oh, I don't care how God. good I am. We have another no. disagreement. No way. Frank, don't make me root for Pittsburgh. <laughs> Frank, the Islanders have an elite goalie. You want to go up against playoff Malkin and Crosby? Yes. They wow. suck. They are so bad. I, I don't care about now, Crosby and Malkin. Now, They're now great players. They're great players. The Bruins would sweep the Penguins. They beat wow. the Islanders in five you or think six. Everybody's going to get swept. You think Toronto's sweeping Tampa Bay? You think uh, Bruins are sweeping? We'll get we'll get to that with our surprise show. Um, dude, dude, you'd rather the Vezina goalie? I would. We have if different. If the Bruins are that good, then they should just steamroll them. So what's the big deal? You're probably right, but I'd I rather. Mean, I don't want to play against. No, no way. I would much rather play the Penguins in the first round than the. That's unbelievable. Than the Islanders, it's not even close. That's insane. It's not even close. I'd rather play. I'd rather play Florida. I'd rather play the Rangers than the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. We'll agree to disagree. 
Should we do a Twitter poll? I mean, I just don't know how you would want to go up against. You could do a Twitter poll. Because I think with the right team, you can shut down the elite skaters a little bit better. If you run into us, if Sorokin's feeling himself, man, if Sorokin's feeling, he could steal a series against anyone. Anyone. And it's the same logic you're going to use against me when we pick Lightning versus Leafs. <laughs> You're gonna you, yeah, you're gonna contradict lightning. yourself. You're gonna contradict yourself. Just like the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Lightning, they both have the experience. The Leafs have experience. I know that experience the Islanders, losing, but they have experience the too, but not as much as Pittsburgh and Crosby and Malkin. They're worn. You watched that game last night. They're toast. I'm not taking in. I'm not taking in the one game they lost to the Blackhawks. They're preparing differently. They probably looked over the Blackhawks. That's probably why they lost. What they about the said, oh, this is easy. We're playing the Blackhawks. We don't need. What to about scout. the two they lost to the Blackhawks? Didn't the Hawks beat them on Marianosa night? Yeah. So there Pittsburgh you go. Sucks. They, Pittsburgh is so I, bad. Nah, that's the only thing I don't. I don't always go off if you lose to a bad team. Like that's... no, me either. Me either. That's obviously me joking. The Bruins lost to the Blackhawks. Exactly. I, so. I, I'm totally joking on that. I think Pittsburgh. I'm not oh. saying Pittsburgh wins the series, but I'm just saying there's a chance. No, I think both lose the series. But when you ask me who I'd rather play, I'd rather face Jari. Than... You think in your head, you think obviously the Islanders have a better chance to upset the Bruins. In my the... head, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins have a better chance of upsetting the Bruins. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I've watched. I haven't watched the Islanders quite as much. The, the Devils made easy work of Pittsburgh in every single game they played them. The Islanders have a winning record against the Devils. And I know the Devils aren't the end-all, be-all. Oh, freaking Homer boy over here with his Devils hat and his Devils shirt. I get it. But I don't know. Uh, and I, I don't think your logic is, like, unsound. It's not one of those things where I vehemently dis- disagree with you, like the Ovechkin thing or like the Leafs thing. Like, this is one of those things where I just like kind of disagree. I'd rather play against the really good forwards than, you know, the really good forwards who are in their mid 30s than the elite goalie who was probably going to come in second for the Vesna trophy. All if I'm I had saying, a vote, I'd vote him second, personally. All I'm saying is if Pittsburgh got in and made it some sort of miracle run, I wouldn't be surprised. That's what makes them dangerous. That's that's all I'm saying. That's fair. Now, I, I hope – there are two reasons I hope Pittsburgh gets in. I would go eight for eight on my East predictions if Pittsburgh makes it over the Islanders. And I went five for eight in the West. Ooh, I'm scared to tweet Oof. it. I know. I know. I know. And I have an apology written. It's in my drafts on Twitter. I have an apology written out to the Kraken, the Stars, and the um, Jets. Jets. The Jets. Uh, I don't want to write an apology to the Islanders. Jets were our surprise team. Yeah, but I don't have a tweet to prove it. I only have the show. Um, I have the tweet to prove my playoff predictions. Um, And I went back and found it from the West and the East last night while laying in bed, and I got my quote tweets ready. but yeah, we'll see, Frank. But you you think the Islanders do it? You think the Islanders get a point? Yeah, they're playing Montreal. 
Yeah, I think they win tonight. Ale, 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 Montreal. Montreal in the playoffs again. I love when they light the ice on fire with the dude. Torch. It's one of the best opening ceremonies. For I, the playoffs know, I know, I know. I can't wait till they get back. I need them back in the playoffs. I need Montreal in the playoffs like I need air to breathe. We get the whiteout. Super pumped about the Jets making it for that reason. One of mm-hmm. the funnest crowds to watch in the playoffs. The whiteout is going to be insanity. Happy for the Jets. Um, we'll talk about them in a second. Frank, the Pacific. Yeah. The Pacific Division. It's coming down to the wire. Vegas needs one point to win the division. There's yeah. a lot of one-point scenarios here. They need one point to win the division. If Seattle wins and the Kings lose, that would make Seattle a three-seed in their Isn't division. That crazy? And they would play Edmonton if the Kings won. But if the Kings don't get a point and Edmonton moves up, then Seattle would play Vegas if Seattle could win and the Kings could lose. However, I do think the Kings are going to win against the Ducks. I mean, they should. They know there's a lot to play for. It's a big game for them which would make Seattle play the winner of the Central. There's a lot going on here in these next few days. Um, I'm very excited to see Seattle in the playoffs. I want to see what their tradition is. We don't know what it's going to be like because we've never seen them in the playoffs, their opening ice prediction. Who knows? Maybe they'll bring out a giant octopus or bring out an octopus and steal Detroit's thing and throw a bunch of them on the ice instead of just one. I don't know what's going on with them, but we, we'll, we shall see. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I hope Seattle comes up and they play Edmonton because I think Edmonton would sweep them. I think it'd be a hard series against the Kings. It's a tough He's matchup a with the Kings this year. Maybe I am. I, I, Every Seattle, time they play a series, it's a sweep. If that matchup, I just think Edmonton would mop the floor with Seattle, and I think Colorado would too. You know how hard it is to sweep teams. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, very hard. I know. We might not see one this year at all. No, we might not. I would pick Edmonton in four. Wow, I'm not Since actually gonna. Back, I'm I not. Never I'm not actually gonna pick Toronto in four. Like a, a lot of the times, yeah, a lot of the times, I'm joking when I say it. I actually think Edmonton might sweep Seattle. I think Seattle's pretty good, though. I don't think they are. I think Edmonton's. Up. I think Edmonton's the best team in the West. And their shaky start to the season keeps them where they are in the standings because it's so hard to make up points. Like maybe they were they were not in a good place in January. They were like might miss playoffs bad. Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. And since then they've lit it on fire, and now I think they're the best team in the West. Them and Colorado, who they Colorado's beat been on a heater too. Who Edmonton beat last night though? So. I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch in this division, though. I think Vegas probably gets it done. Unless they – I mean, who does Vegas play? Vegas uh, plays – it'd be cool if they played Edmonton. That. No, they don't. I know that. They play the Kraken. That's right. Oh, yeah. Edmonton Oilers fans are hardcore. Edmonton Oilers fans like myself are rooting for the Seattle Kraken for multiple reasons because you want to play them in the first round. And because you want to win the division, Edmonton's playing the San Jose Sharks. So that could work out in Edmonton's favor if Seattle can win the second half of this home and home with Vegas that they have there. Because it's mm-hmm. two straight games between the original 32. 
Um, yeah, love the Pacific though. It's becoming a solid division. It was the worst division for a while. Um, now I think it's probably the best or near. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's fun. Same thing going on in the Central. The Minnesota Wild can no longer win the Central Division because of the fact that they lost to Winnipeg last night. Um, but I still think the Wild are a very good team, having a solid season for all the cap restrictions that they've had. Um, I think it's only going to get better for them. I don't see it for them this year. But I do think that over the next handful of years when the Parisi and Suter things leave and they could spend a little more money and Marco Rossi develops more. Kirill Kaprizov has a chance to get a tad bit better even. Hey, Brock Faber. Brock Faber's outstanding. Um, they have a bunch of different really good prospects. Matt Boldy's only getting better. That goal he set up for Johansson. you. <laughs> that was nasty. The goal he set up. The second Johansson goal. The one that put the Wild ahead of the Hawks. Everyone and their mother thought that uh, Boldy was going to shoot it there, and he hands it off to Johansson, who does not miss. Um, that's proper tanking by the Blackhawks right there. Um, but, you know, they are they still could be home ice. Um, I, actually, I don't know if they have the tiebreaker over Dallas, but chances are they're going to start the postseason on the road against the Dallas Stars um, but I, or, or Colorado. But Colorado, I think, probably gets it done. It's Colorado or Dallas is to win. Yeah. And Dallas I, has been hot, though. They've won four in a row. They have. Dallas is so streaky, though. They'll win four in a row, lose four in a row. I know. Um, but they ended up, they have 104 points. They can max out at 108 if they win their final two games. Are they one of the teams that plays tonight? They are against the St. Louis Blues. So yep. that'll be a huge game. Um, looking forward to seeing that. But, you know, what's your takeaway from the top of the Central? It's just we've had a lot of tight races and the same goes for the central division. I think Colorado's going to pull it out. I do think Colorado's the better of the overall teams here. Um, but like I said, Dallas got hot at the right time. You always like to go on a win streak heading into the playoffs. I just have a weird feeling that St. Louis is going to upset Dallas tonight and kind of put the hopes of winning the division to rest. Um, cause I do think Colorado's going to pull out the central division. Um, so it should be very interesting. I don't think uh, the St. Louis Blues are going to be as a piece of a cake as everybody thinks. Uh, the Blues are very much one of the the good bad teams. Mm-hmm. The Blues, the Canucks, the Coyotes. I would consider a good bad team. Um, who else are the good bad teams? Ottawa. Seattle, remember that? I was like, Seattle yeah. was a good bad team, and then we yeah, we were wrong. Um, Washington is a good bad team. So. I would put the Blues right there in that, so I agree with you. And then we had our last show on Friday uh-huh. to accommodate for Bobby Ryan, so Seattle had clinched by then, and we talked about it. But Winnipeg, they grabbed that final spot, putting a RIP on the Nashville Predators and the Calgary Flames. What's it's your funny takeaway? Because they played each other the other night, and that game went to a shootout. I, I watched almost the whole game, um, and the loser of that game was out, which – Calgary was up 1-0 in the shootout in the third round. They couldn't score to win the game. Then the Predators tied up with their final shot. Calgary chokes. Nashville wins in the fourth round, eliminating the Calgary Flames from playoff contention. At that time, the Nashville Predators still had a chance to get into the playoffs, but not anymore. Surprised at the Winnipeg Jets because they were they were slumping there. They were getting to sketchy territory, but they pull it out. 
um, yeah, all eight spots are locked up in the Western Conference, and I'm ready for playoff hockey. It's about time. I am also ready for playoff hockey. All eight in the West are set. Still some joggling for positioning going on. But, you know, Calgary Flames, most disappointing team in the NHL this season, in my opinion. Oh, like hands if, down. If I can they rank them. Win, getting past extra time. When yeah. it gets to overtime or a shootout, I think that loss was their 16th OTL. 17th. Oh, my God. They can't win when it gets past to shootout or overtime. Yeah. Nobody else in the wild card scene or even the bad teams are – um, even close. Oh, San Jose has 16 OTLs, which they suck though. They have 22 right. wins, right? Like, mm-hmm. which poor Sharks fans, they're not getting bedard because of the loser point. You could argue they've actually been the worst team this season. They have the least amount yeah. of wins in the conference, yeah. but because, because a couple of those, lo- a lot of those losses have been in overtime, the Hawks and the Ducks are lower than them. So, Wild times, wild times. Um, but, you know, this, the West is going to be a gauntlet. I don't see – Colorado and Edmonton are probably at the top, but I don't think they're head over heels better than everybody else right now. Colorado's got five guys injured. Mm-hmm. that like, And that makes a difference. Even if they come back, what are they going to be, you know, right. at this point in the season? Is Gabe Landeskog, would he be able to step in right now and be that elite goal scorer that we know he could be? or that complete douchebag in front of the net that we know he's capable of becoming. I don't know. I'm going to have to see it for my own two eyes. Colorado's not head over heels above everyone right now because of the way their season has gone. I think Edmonton is the closest to being that, but you know, they're Edmonton. So, you know, we'll see how the Oilers do, but I'm excited about the West. I'm excited about the East too, but we still got one more team trying to make that final spot. It'll either be the Islanders or the Penguins. Um, Really quick, some housekeeping before we wrap up period number two. Claude Giroux reached his 1,000th career point, split mostly – most of the points came with the Philadelphia Flyers. He had a couple with the Florida Panthers at the second half of last season and then a big year here with the Ottawa Senators getting into the 30-point range. Um, Joe Pavelski also reached his 1,000th career point. Obviously, a fair amount of those points came with the San Jose Sharks before the last couple years with the Dallas Stars. And then Eric Carlson, for the first time in his potential Hall of Fame career as a defenseman, reached 100 points. He became the first defenseman since 1992 to reach the 100-point mark. Do you have any takeaways from the little housekeeping that I just did right there? I thought it was pretty cool that Giroux and Pavelski were the first set of athletes to get a thousand points on the same night in NHL history, which I'm not surprised because the odds of that happening are pretty high. But um, yeah, Giroux came with, he had a two point night. He had a goal and an assist in a game against Carolina. And I believe that was the game that Carolina had in hand against the devils. Wasn't it? Yes. Yes. And then Joe Pavelski, well, he got his on a tip shot goal and a blowout win over. I mean, I believe they went up 5-0 after that goal against Detroit. Um, and they became the 97th and 98th player in NHL history to reach 1,000 points. So not even a 100 play- not even a hundred players in the NHL have reached the 1,000-point point milestone Sorry, in the NHL. So that just shows you how hard it is. And you may remember that Patrice Bergeron and Steven Stamkos did it earlier in the season. So a total of four guys from our childhood have now reached the 1,000-point milestone. 
And uh, as far as Eric Carlson goes, yeah, you said it first since 1992. He's also only the sixth defenseman ever to reach that milestone. So it just goes to show you how hard it is to get 100 points as a defenseman. Um, he shattered his career best of 82 points. So you go from a career best of 82 to now a career best of 100 and counting. He might have 101, I don't know. He might, I, no, he's at 100 right now. Um, he's going for his third Norris trophy. Um, but, yeah, if you would have told me Eric Carlson's going to get 100 points, I would have said, you're on glue. It's not going to happen this year. So he's definitely overperformed, and he's been the bright spot in the Sharks season this year for sure. Absolutely. He's also got 25 goals, a lot, just a lot for a defenseman. I actually wrote an article on App Trigger when he did it because I said 86 overall Eric Carlson reaches 100 points. And the fact that an 86 overall player in a video game got 100 points, I mean, you look at all the 86 overalls in NHL and probably none of them will have 100 points in their career. Um, so the fact that it came with Eric Carlson, but obviously he was given an overall based on his production the past few seasons. He hasn't been Eric Carlson of the past. He hasn't been Norris Trophy Eric Carlson the past few seasons. So that's what I got for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Giroux, he's been an elite player. In the 2010s, he was the fourth leading scorer. Only Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, and Patrick Kane had more points than Claude Giroux in the 2010s. I mean, he's just been an elite player for a very long time. So absolutely. I'm not surprised he reached 1,000 points. Joe Pavelski is one of the great players from that 2003 NHL draft class that is the greatest draft class in the history of pro sports. And I truly believe that to be the case. I mean, something like 25 guys in the first round played 200 or more games in the NHL. Uh, multiple superstars, Parisi, Marc-Andre Fleury, Eric Stahl, Brent Seabrook, um, Dustin Bufflin, Joe Pavelski, Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry. The list goes on and on and on. Joe Pavelski, however, was not one of the crazy first-rounders from that year. He was a seventh-round pick, 205th overall. And now he's got 1,000 points. Congrats to Joe Pavelski. He's been one of the favorite players on this podcast, going back to the days of Joey being on here, because we used to watch California hockey. Like I still do, and so does Joey. But like nobody's business watching California hockey and Joe Pavelski was a big, big part of it for the San Jose Sharks. Now he's with the stars. Um, just outstanding to see him reach that milestone after being passed up by every team seven times prior to being drafted. Yeah. So unreal moment in NHL history that two guys got that point. EK 65. I don't know if I would vote for him to win the Norris trophy just because he got a hundred points, but I think he probably deserves it because of, how long it's been since a guy reached that milestone. So that's where I stand on all of it. He's going to win the Norris, I think. Yeah. The only thing, the leading the scoring defenseman. favorite right now, too. Really? Yeah. The leading scoring defenseman didn't win it last year. But this is like, this is way, way bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, only um, six defensemen ever have gotten it now. NHL's been around for over 100 years. So it's tough. It is tough. Bobby Orr, did you have the names? No. I'm sure it's Bobby Orr, Raymond Bork. Um, Paul Was Paul Coffey a defenseman? I don't know. I don't know who they would have been. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Eric Carlson, elite player for a long time. Loved his days with Ottawa. Good with the Sharks. So, good for him. Yeah, yeah for sure. Frank, just so people can – 
throw in the chat ripping on us for not talking hockey on our hockey show after two hours of talking <laughs> nothing but hockey. Let's send it over to period number three where we probably won't even slightly discuss hockey. Frank, welcome to the BS period of Bar Down. Is there any shows, movies, entertainment you want to bring to the table right now? So I got three episodes to go on The Last of Us. That's been fun. Ooh. Uh, oh, yeah, it's been a ride for sure. I, I, every episode continues to get better and better. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, also, I haven't watched it yet, but the Marvels trailer came out. And I'm really interested to see. I'm going to watch the trailer. Probably do that today at some point. Um, yeah. Survivor jury starts this week. I know you're a little behind, I heard, on Survivor. Um, so we'll count you out. You're cooked for the season, probably. Yeah, right. Um, and a couple more things that I thought was interesting. There was a Jeremy Renner interview that's now live on Disney Plus that I wanted to watch as well um, to see everything about his accident, his snowplow accident. And I thought it'd be pretty cool to watch a little interview about that. And then finally, some news I thought you would like. HBO Max is actually changing. They're changing their name to Max. It'll no longer be called HBO Max, and they're merging with Discovery Plus. So HBO Max will be Max and feature Discovery Plus content. So I'm sure there's some cool stuff on Discovery Plus. That would be fun to watch. Thought it was cool. I use HBO Max almost every day, not quite. So, yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. And I can't. I have. I actually didn't watch the Marvels trailer either. What a dummy I am. I saw it. It came up. I'm like, I'm going to watch this later. And then I never got around to it. And yeah, I will be caught up on Survivor by the next time we reach. I'm not cooked. You are dead ass wrong. You could it's not good, be good. more wrong. I think I'm three episodes behind. It's been, listen, a lot. I, 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 but, I tonight, went, but every time it's, I think including tonight, it's three. Oh. Um, I, every time it's over, I wish there was more. So like, Yeah. Uh, I'll be caught up. I will be caught up. Um, Frank, I am a lifelong, diehard Sacramento <laughs> Kings fan. That has been my favorite team in all of sports for years. They're going to the playoffs. Yeah, They are playing the Golden State Warriors in the first round. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the Warriors went three and one against them in the regular season this year, oh, yeah. Frank. Gonna be tough. Should I be worried as a diehard Kings fan? And the Kings have lost four or five going into the playoffs. No! So they're on a slump, but I gotta give the edge to the reigning NBA champs here. I mean, they haven't been playing well on the Hey, I thought this hey, 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 I thought this was a Kings podcast. It is, but I gotta yeah, I call a spade a spade, right? Are you rooting for the Kings? Oh, absolutely. Let's go but, Kings. But to get the to beat the Warriors is going to be a tough ass. They they can do it, but I don't know. They they kind of remind me of the New Jersey Devils, a team that's overperformed by people's standards, but who has not a lot of playoff experience. And I think that's going to burn them in the first round here. So, I, now I I mean anything could happen, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. Are you going to tune in any NBA uh, playoff games? Well, I know tonight, Das Bulls. Are you going to tune playing in? Playing in their playing series. I'm going to keep up with it. I hope I'm able to watch it. The Bulls playing game. 
Win and they're in I the want... playoffs or win and they're in the next play-in game? Win and they're in the next play-in game. Okay, that's what I thought. If they win, they have to play the Heat. Heat. Oh, no. So, the Heat <laughs> lost to the Hawks yesterday. Nobody gave the Hawks a chance. Charles Barkley was making fun of them. on. Uh, he was talking on the panel yesterday, the TNT panel with um, Shaq and everybody else, whoever, the other guys that were on the panel. And Charles Barkley was saying how, oh, he was talking like the Heat already won the game. And Shaq was like, oh, they already won the game? He goes, oh, yeah, they're going to blow out the Hawks. He goes, I'll bet anything you want. I'll bet you a billion dollars that the Heat win this game. And Shaq was like, oh, okay. And the Heat lose the game. Atlanta Hawks, nobody gave them any credit. I'm kind of surprised they won. But, yeah, the, they defeat. So now they're the, the Hawks are the seventh seed in the East. The Lakers played the Timberwolves. One of the craziest playing games of all times, maybe one of the craziest playoff games of all time. It was, it had me on the edge of my seat. It was unbelievable. It's it. First of all, the Lakers are down 15 nearing the end of the third quarter. They tie it with less than a minute to go in the game. They make a three. Okay. They make a three pointer with 1.1 seconds to go. But before that, they couldn't even inbound the ball in that. The Timberwolves had a chance to take the lead and win the game. But anyway, they nail a three with 1.4 seconds left to go. Timberwolves call timeout, advance the ball. They inbound the ball, pass a, uh, a stretch pass to Mike Conley, deep corner in the three, fading away, hits the back of the backboard. But Anthony Davis fouls him, makes all three, goes to overtime. It was unbelievable. Then the same thing happens. Lakers are up three. They have the ball. Lakers are up three with the ball with like 20 seconds left. Okay, easy. We inbound the ball. We get fouled. We take two free throws. They inbound the ball to the other team. The Timberwolves take it, go down, shoot a three, and miss. They have had struggles to inbound the ball in that game. It was unbelievable. One of the craziest playing games I've ever watched. That's playoff basketball for you. And I know you say you're not the biggest fan of the NBA. It's what are you talking like about? I'm a diehard Kings fan, lifelong. It's games like those that get you into into it, like Tony X was with the Blues and Hawks. It's games like we just witnessed yesterday that turns you into fan. That's why I love it. Absolutely. So, Dos Bulls going to get a big win tonight. Who are they playing? I don't know. I think they might be cooked. They play the Raptors. Let's go. Bulls and Kings. Bulls and Kings. And then they have to play the Heat. Oh, my God. If they win, that's tough. Yeah. Does it reseed? What do you mean? The playoffs. Does it reseed after the first round? Oh, that I don't know. I would assume it does if it's one through eight. They would almost have to if it's one through eight. Yeah, I don't know. And then if you yeah. beat the Heat, you draw the Bucks. So you got yeah. to the Raptors, the Heat, and then the Bucks. It's yeah. a tough. It's a tough ask. Yeah, let's go Bulls. They got this. I'm rooting for them. Me too. The only way I won't is if they play my Kings. Um. Well, that would be in the NBA championship. Yeah. Because we're on opposite um, conferences. Yeah, I knew that. Um. <laughs> What have you been watching with the MLB besides your M's 
crap in they the bed stink. to the Chicago Cubs. They had a 7-0 lead and lost. They won today, 5-2. But, um, I mean, my Cubbies. I'm a Cubs fan. Let's get that straight. Cubs fan first, M's fan second. So, go Cubs. But now that they're done playing the Mariners, Mariners, Mariners need to get their shit together. I want them to win the division. And the way it's looking, it ain't even going to be the Astros that wins the division. But obviously, a lot of time, 150 plus games to go. So you can't take, you got to take everything you've seen so far with a grain of salt. But hey, the Rays are still undefeated 11 and 0. 11 and 0. Congrats to the Rays on being 11 and 0. I'm sure it was really difficult for them to sweep the A's, the Nationals. The Tigers hey, and the Red Sox. Your words. I made that comment saying that they didn't play good. To, your words are saying, yeah, you're just listening to Dylan. I, I, Dylan hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell Clip no. Hell no. VP is a follower to D. I want that hell on a shirt. Hell no. Hell Hell no. <laughs> I was just joking. Being fucking 11 and oh, you think that's because they were only because they were playing bad teams? They beat Are you Boston. kidding? They won against Boston yesterday. Boston, no, Boston's bad. But they're not, they're not, um, A's bad. I think they might be. They're bad. Oh, come on. Frank, Frank. A's bad. Frank. Yeah. No. Corey Kluber's their ace. Corey Kluber. You think, you think that the Red Sox are going to be finished worse than the A's? No, I don't know about worse. They will be a well, bottom five MLB team. To me, if you finish worse, then you're worse. If the A's finish worse than the Red Sox, then the Red but Sox. But you didn't are say that. You you said they're A's bad, like in the same realm. I think they are. They're not worse than the A's. Okay, they're not worse than the A's. I don't. They're probably not worse than the Nationals either. Exactly. But they're 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 a bottom tier team. Bottom. I mean, yeah, yeah. I agree with that, but it's you got to play the games that you're given. I think they're in the same tier as the A's. I do. So are you saying the Rays aren't as good as 11-0? No, I do think they're very good. 100%. It doesn't matter. Like, not, not to mention that they're also like third best dif- run differential through the first nine games or whatever. Yeah. They're plus crushing them. Yeah. They're crushing not like them. they're squeaking out wins. No, Frank, I was joking. I do not agree with Dylan. I think he's a clown Listen, for get, that. We thing. get you're a VP follower. No. I support that. I you support. Think, there's nothing wrong with that. You think I'm a follower with my sports takes? No. Are just you with D? Just no. D. <laughs> Frank, I think D's so dumb a lot of the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> Some of the stuff he thinks about sports. Every time he tweets about a White Sox player being bad, they shove it up his hoop five seconds later. <laughs> last last night, Lance Lynn was cooked because he gave up a two run home run in the first inning. Ten strikeouts after. Not even close to the – they ended up going to extra innings. Aldo already sent me the clip. It's fine. I don't care what you do with the clip. You can make any (laughs) clip you want of me. It's just so far from true. Um, They – they if if the White Sox or the Cubs, two very mediocre to below average teams, would be six and five against those two teams, against those four teams. Maybe seven and five. Maybe seven and four. Not freaking eleven. And get out of here with this eleven and zero stuff. They're unreal. I, They're unreal. Good. I, good for the Rays. I think the biggest surprises this year have been the Texas Rangers and the Diamondbacks. They've surprised me. It's early, but they've surprised me. 
I think the Diamondbacks will fall back to earth and have some problems. I could see the Texas Rangers keeping it up, though. See, I didn't think just getting to Grom they'd be this good. They needed no, a lot more. But don't forget what they got last year. Carlos Correa. No. Uh, Seeger. Corey Seeger. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, Marcus yeah. Semyon. Carlos Correa's on the Twins. And and Marcus Semyon. I know, and they and, weren't that good. And they, but yeah, but they added Eovaldi too. So all of a sudden, after one year of adding all these infielders, you add two very good pitchers, DeGrom and Eovaldi, start to put together a little bit of a team here. And they've had a nice farm system for a long time. And they had, in my opinion, the one of the best drafts of all time two years ago, you know, with their draft picks. The, yeah. the Texas Rangers are cooking something up. I don't know if they'll, it'll be this year, but and impressive too. they have. They have. I mean, the fact that they're leading the NL West so far, I wouldn't even through 11 games, I wouldn't have guessed it. And the daddies lost again today. Juan Soto hit a two-run home run, and they still lost. Yep. So that's where we're at on MLB. Tune into Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow, where I will recap this disgusting, nasty White Sox series with my friend Twins Ted. Very much looking forward to speaking with Twins Ted. Where can um, you find it? You can find it here at the Barroom Network. Only at 2 p.m. or after to your leisure. Um, and then, of course, you could watch me discuss the White Sox specifically because I'll dress all MLB tomorrow. You can watch me do White Sox specific on Monday night with the South Burbs Hitman. Very much looking forward to that show. Um, Frank, what are you watching this weekend? Everything I mentioned 10 minutes ago, plus playoff basketball and playoff hockey, which yep. will be Monday. No playoff hockey, but... Well, Monday, I thought, right? Monday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, for me, I'm going to try and watch a Kings game. Do it. You know, I'm a diehard fan. So I'm a diehard fan. Stop putting NBA on the back burner. Grow up. You told me that about MLB years ago. Put when NBA I, when on I the back burner. Like, I fucking I, wrote it on the sheet for us to talk about. I understand, but you've made it known that you're not the biggest NBA fan. Well, it's time to get out of that funk. I did it with the MLB. Look at me. I was the same way. Remember, I said baseball's boring. Well, if you think baseball's boring, you're just dumb. Okay. Well, grow up and watch the NBA now. You're a sports right. guy. Well, how many TVs do you, these people think I have? You could find time to put on an NBA game. How many TVs you got? When I'm on my game, I have three. Okay, plenty. And There's my no laptop. Excuse. There's and no I've been excuse. thinking about buying an iPad. No excuse. So I could watch games while doing South Burbs Hitman because I'm always annoyed that it's Monday night and I'm missing something every Monday night. You would enjoy it. What don't you? Why aren't you a fan of it? Too slow? I'm a diehard Kings fan. You said I, I might, wrote it. I, I'm, I'm I try wrote it on the sheet. You, you see, said, NBA, NBA. Said, I'm gonna try and catch a Kings game. If you're a diehard, you ain't trying. You will catch a Kings game. I've been Don't a believe. lifelong diehard Kings fan, well, and everybody knows be, it. That's fine. So you'll be watching every Kings game in the playoffs. Yes. Okay. And Das Bulls tonight. Huge, I mean, huge came shooting over hoops for the fan. Bucks NBA champions a few years ago, a couple years ago. You remember that we made the burgers. I do remember that, but you got to start doing it like we have to. You have to watch more than just the championship. Watch a series. Watch a couple games here and there. 
Right. Watch a Pelicans play. I've written game. like 20 I, Bulls articles. Pelicans. I've, I've edited Thunder. hundreds of Bulls articles. Well, that that's the true test. They're on a, a Thunder Pelicans playing game late yeah. night. What do you mean? Eh. That's the Thunder that Pelicans. It's a play-in game. I got the Islanders and the Habs tonight. And that'll be well over by the time the Pelicans game starts. All right. I'll do it. That starts at 6. Pelicans game starts at 8.30. You're fine. I will watch. Okay. Pelicans game will be on some way, somehow. See? Foster, what the fuck, Vinny? Frank, you do not swear on this show. Oh, yeah? You do not swear on this show. Yeah, what the fuck, Vinny? Foster, when's the last time you watched an NBA game? You weren't even watching anything other than NFL football a week ago. Just kidding. I love Foster. Becoming a big Foster guy. Who's Foster's Foster team? Foster's me. probably Foster's a Bulls fan, right? He's got my back. He's got my back. It's Foster's my a Bulls fan. All right. Frank was reading. Yeah, I, I was reading. Reading what? This, he said he's responding because you said don't swear on the show. He goes, Frank was reading. Oh, yeah, true. True. Um, I, All right, fine. I'll watch Pelicans versus who? Uh, Thunder. I'm not saying it's going to be the greatest entertaining game. Both teams no, are but, but I'm saying one, it's a one team. Game. One team moves to the next playing game. The other team is dead. The winner of that game plays the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves lost the Lost to the Lakers. See, I know. Bulls fan since 1972. It's my guy right there. Where were you in 1972? Great year. Who won the Stanley Cup in 1972? The New York Islanders. No, I believe it was the Boston Bruins. I thought it was the Islanders. Didn't they win 70 through 74? 80 through 83. Wrong gener, wrong decade. Come on, seventy. What are you doing? I think it was the Bruins. I think that's Bobby Orr. I know the Hawks Behind won the... in nineteen seventy-one. Behind the net to Sanderson. No, yeah, they were sandwiched by two Bruins cups, seventy and seventy-two. I think it went Bruins, Hawks, Bruins. Foster said I'd watch, but I'm on with Shorty at eightish. Well, after you're done with Shorty. You throw it. I'm gonna have everybody in this show watching the Pelicans game. I I I will, Zion guy. If I'm watching the game, I'll throw on Shorty Show with fucking Foster too. I want to hear you that. Like, you like Zion? Zion Williamson? Yeah. Yeah, he represents the units in the world. Well, there you go, Pelicans. I like me a good fat athlete, and that's what Zion Williamson is, right? I like Zion. In the number one pick from Duke. If that draft were redone, John Morant would probably go number one overall, though. Wait, what? Oh, it yeah, went. Sure. Yeah. Williamson's still a good player, though. Oh, wait. I'm getting my. Wait. He said it wasn't the Hawks? No. He's saying in 72. No, it wasn't the Hawks in 72. No. It was the Bruins. I know for a fact it was the Bruins. I believe you. And the Hawks were. Hawks lost in 71? Oh, then they won in 79. It was either 71 or 79. Because when they won in 2010, it was 40-something years. 49. Since they ended, which I thought it was 71. But he's saying they lost in 71. Oh. Was it 41 years? 
and they won in 79? No, I have. The, I, winning the Stanley Cup in 2010 ended a 49-year drought. Then it had to be. Who did the Hawks beat in 71? Did they beat the Bruins? Stanley Cup final. It was contested between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Montreal Canadiens, and the Montreal yeah. Canadiens won. Oh, so it was forty. It was nineteen. It was forty-one years of frustration. So they won uh, seventy-nine. I think it was forty-nine years, and I think we're doing our math wrong. I could be wrong. I have no idea. In this seventy-one Stanley Cup final, though. Ken Dryden was the most valuable player of the playoffs, and the series-winning goal belonged to Henri Richard. Really cool little note there. Hold on. 63 was the last Hawks Cup before 2010. 61 they won. That's what I'm thinking of. 49 years, 61. We were doing the math wrong. Yeah, that's what I said. I knew it was 49 years. I don't know how math adds up though, because I'm dumb. I knew it was. I thought it was forty nine years too, and then it was. I was doing the math wrong. I can hear Doc Emmerich saying, "For the first time in forty nine yeah. years." Yeah. Yeah. Which it's kind of weird that they were in the Stanley Cup in seventy one. Yeah. Thought it was. You know. Well, the winner of the original six division, or no, that wasn't until that wasn't until the second six started a couple years later. Um. The winner of the original sixth division would play the winner of the second sixth division. Um, Frank, why don't you try to win people like fucking Foster and everybody else a little bit of coin in America's favorite podcast segment of the week? My phone just died. Breaking bets. <laughs> Frank, where's my money, bitch? Graphic time. Graphic time. We're Excellent. And two, I think. We're at 52%. Not bad. We got new. We got MLB added to the list now. The sports are just going to continue to grow as the year goes on. I can't wait till you add fucking cricket. Holy I can't wait shit. To, I'm surprised I haven't added tennis on there, to be honest with you guys. We're, we're when waiting does, for... When does the Grand Slam start? When can I start looking forward to some of the big matches? Well, we've already gone through one Grand Slam. That oh, was we back have? In January. So the second one will be in about a month-ish. And then there'll be a Grand Slam, not quite around Door County trip, but like a few weeks later than that. But yeah. Okay. So maybe for Roland Garros or the French Open, that's the next Grand Slam. Maybe we'll get some tennis picks in there. But who knows? Maybe it could come before that too. So today... It feels like a very under type of day. I've never gone a whole show giving picks where I, I don't choose a winner. I've never done that before. So we got a bar. We got a breaking bets first here. So first of all, Montreal and the New York Islanders play tonight. Islanders must win for them. They need to win this game. It's a big game for them. There's no value just taking them to win, though. They're in the high threes, mid to high threes. Not worth it. But there was something that caught my eye. I'm feeling the under six goals here. And I would jump on this before it goes down to five and a half. But even if it gets to five and a half, I would take it under five and a half. But I saw it at six, so that's what I'm giving you. Under six, 
minus 121. It's a must-win game for the Islanders. I think that's going to make it tight. Not going to take a lot of risks here. They just need a point. So you don't they, they're fine with going overtime. If they could if it's tight at the end of the game, they're not going to be overextending to try and get a goal and that may lead to a goal. They're not going to do that. Sorokin's been great. Canadians have been struggling to score. I see ton of values in the under six. Worst case scenario, you get a push. I don't think there's going to be seven goals. Um, so yeah, under six in the Islanders Montreal game, minus 121. Talked about the Bulls. Play the Raptors playing game, elimination game for both. Total opened up at 217 and a half. It's down to 212 and a half. I'd adjust it a little bit. Take it under 214 and a half at minus 129. I like it. Give yourself the, the little bit of room, an extra two points here or there. Playoff team or a playoff game tends to be a little bit closer. Saw that in the Lakers game yesterday. It was tied 95-95 with less than 30 seconds to go. That's 190 points. I think we're going to see something similar here with teams that don't like to push pace too much. Um, I love the under 214 and a half at minus 129. They've played three times this season, and the most amount of points they had in a game was 217. The others were way under, so I, I feel something similar brewing here. I like the under 214 at minus 129 between the Bulls and the Raptors game, which brings me to my last game. It's an MLB game. Show some love for the MLB. Reds play the Braves. Green, Hunter Green versus Strider. Green hasn't been great. Strider's been pretty good. Both are strikeout pitchers. Strider's had nine strikeouts in each of his first two starts. Green's known for his strikeouts. I think he had five his last game and then eight in his first uh, start. So they're both strikeout pitchers. Don't know. I mean, you would assume the Braves win this game, but I'm going to go no run first inning at minus 134. With both being strikeout pitchers, you maybe they'll get off to a hot start. I don't want to worry about them faltering on later on. So I'm just going to do the first inning. No runs first inning at minus 134. Those are my picks to you. Let's get, let's sweep the board and have a good day. I completely agree. Good work. Uh-oh. Foster said pressure, Frank. Going to make a bet. First time in 15 years. Now there is pressure. Is he fading you or... I don't know. Backing you. Are you backing me, Foster? What's going on? I'm a little nervous now. Pressure on Foster. Yep, there you go. Hopefully this is one of your 3-0 and o weeks, though, and you get Foster some coin. He said, sweet, Vinny. The hat. Yeah, I know. It was anticlimactic because I saw the thing pop up, but I wasn't on the messages. And then I was like, yeah. He says again. he's going with you. Uh-oh, which one? All of oh. them. All of them. I wouldn't parlay them all together. I don't know. That's that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> if you're going with all of them, I mean, you do what you want, but there's that's some funny. good value here. Each way, there's... no matter which way you go. So even if you took it separate. There is. And there's plenty of value with watching the Barroom Network because you get crazy shows like this one right here where things go absolutely off the hook, talking hockey, basketball, whatever it is. Um, Crosstown Crosstalks tomorrow with Twins Ted. I hope to see everybody right here with me. Frankie refuses to join me at any given point on that show. I don't know why. Um, and on Monday, we will have the South Burbs Hitman. And I'm hoping, let's go. Let's go, Foster. Let's win some coin. 
I'm hoping that on Monday or Sunday or Saturday, one of the days, we have just a quick one-hour playoff preview, a special two-week, a two-episode week of Bardown Talking Hockey. I will get the works on that going as soon as this episode. I hope I'm able to pull through on that. Um, Frank, is there anything else you want to get off your chest before we head on out of here? You can read my content at apptrigger.com. Had some pretty good articles come out. I think they would be entertaining to you. Um, wrote about Eric Carlson. So if you want to check that out, go to apptrigger.com to read all my content. Apptrigger.com to read Frankie's Mueller's content. You could go to my Twitter at Vinny Parisi to find all of this stuff. Chicago sports, New Jersey Devils, Jacksonville Jaguars, all the things that I cover for fan sided. I've been going hard at it lately. So help reward me by reading it. Um, I got one thing to say before we head out. So before you lay it on me, I just want to tell you to saddle up your meatloafs. Saddle up my meatloafs. Saddle up your your meatloafs. I don't know what that means, but I love it. I'm going to start saying that. Saddle up your meatloafs. Saddle up your meatloafs. Fucking devils, Foster says. (laughs) They're winning the cup, Foster. This is the year. This is the year for the devils. They're winning that Metro tomorrow. Then they take their first round playoff series against Florida on Monday slash the following week. And then they get the winner of the Rangers and the Hurricanes. I What a dream scenario this would be. Hopefully this ends up happening. Um, and then you play the Bruins or the Leafs in the third round. And yikes, that would be tough. Um, or the Lightning, I guess, if you're Frankie Mueller. Yeah, um, third round. Excuse me? Worry yeah. about the first round. Yeah, oh, I am. I am. Um, but yeah, let's go Devils. It'll be playoffs next time we speak. We'll know the matchups. I don't know if we'll get that special weapon, but a boy, am I going to try for you guys? I want you guys to know who Frankie Mueller and I are picking ahead of each series starting. So maybe we're able to work that out. Um, Frank fun, fun times. Fun. It's fun. Really fun. Absolutely. So that's our show. I hope everybody enjoyed the nonsense that went on today. I mean, look at me. We had a great old time. It's been fun. Summer's here. Playoffs are here. It's officially spring. It's 80 degrees outside. I don't know if we're going to stay this warm. I'm sure we'll cool down a little bit. Um, Not to be like a Debbie Downer or anything, but it never stays this truly nice till, you know, June, July. Um, But I'm looking forward to a big summer with everyone. Bar down goes nowhere in the summertime. We stay right here and keep it hockey with you all summer long. Keep it sports with you all summer long. And I'm looking forward to it. So, I hope everybody enjoyed the show, and we are very much looking forward to the next time that we see you. I hope everybody has a good night. Stay safe out there. And as always, thank you for listening.